she was the CBR yoke. Oh, yoke. Yoke. Class, oh, oh, like oh, big sticker in the back oh, of the yeah, book fast. So guys, welcome back to another ILB Drivers Club podcast. It's uh, episode 10. And uh, in this episode, we have a special guest. So uh, without any further ado, we'll do a quick introduction. Um, our special guest is Chris Burns. And I think the, the best way to describe you is a professional stunt car driver slash the lead driver at Top Gear Live and the lead uh, stunt car driver at uh, Fast and Furious Live. Is that yeah. correct? How you doing, Adam? Thank you for having me. No uh, yeah, you're not far away. I wasn't so much the lead driver on Top Gear, but I was on Fast. Um, but I've done many years with the, the, the guys doing all the Top Gear stuff, traveling the world and things. So yeah, a lot of fun times from that. And you're, you're actually based in Northern Ireland yourself? I am, yeah. I'm from Belfast, but I live in County Fermanagh. I um, have done for the last 13 years. So hence the reason I was a bit late for this. Yeah, yeah, but that's all right. That's Sorry, all right. It's never set up. In that <laughs> it's definitely never set up, and that's uh, uh, Tom, of course, complaining about how long it takes to set this up. As usual, about two and a half hours. Well, you if... tell me a time to be here, and then it's never ready. <laughs> if and I was up. early this time though, which is a change. <laughs> you sure. were at your early. Never, never early. So I screwed that up then. No, Sorry, it's all right. It's, all right. <laughs> it's always Adam. So yeah, we have uh, Tom and James on as usual, and uh, we thought today we would uh, hear about what the professional side of the industry is like. Compared to our side, where we just basically... I might need to phone a friend for that. YouTube videos. <laughs> but, um, so uh, tell us a bit about your... Uh, what is it? You already kind of explained a little bit of your past, but what, like, as a yeah, brief so history of Chris Burns' uh, professional career? Well, my parents tell me that uh, when I was a, a little kid, and I guess most kids come out with mama or dada or whatever for their, their first words, and seemingly my first word was car, so I'm told. And that's where it really all started to go terribly wrong. So <laughs> the rest of my life has just been some sort of a journey involving cars, if you like. Um, I just was infatuated with cars my whole life. Um, knew every model of car from no age. Uh, as soon as I had my driving license, that was it. I'm sure as we, we all do, and many of your listeners and viewers will, you know, when you get your license, it's just all about cars and working towards the next car and modifying your car and maintenance on your car and everything else. So back in the day, before uh, social and the internet, pre-internet, I'm that old, um, you know, everything was sort of done via magazines and you only really got a handle on what was going on around the world from your monthly edition of Max Power or whatever yeah. it was at the time. Um, and yeah, my friends and I, uh, we basically, like many people still do, we asked around in cars, we done all the cruising spots, you know, Banger. So, oh, the Banger cruise. Oh, the Banger, yeah. I mean, a, a big night. We, we, we sort of hung around Lisbon. So, a big night for us was sort of starting Lisbon down to Banger. Field. No, Spruce Field wasn't even built back then, you know. So, <laughs> that, that actually used to be uh, the, from, from Spruce Field up to the Hillsborough Roundabout. That used to be known as, as the Ban. That was the sort of the nickname for that. And I can tell you, there was some ropey goings on up that hill <laughs> on many, many occasions with a lot of fast cars. But, uh, yeah, so no, we, we would have started in Lisbon and down into Bangor, Bangor maybe to Antrim, to Cookstown. Then, more often than not, a police escort down the motorway home. <laughs> so that, that would have happened quite a bit, but uh, that was a big night for us. And it's a bit, it's changed a lot now over the years, you know, but I've been part of it or I've witnessed it over, over the past sort of 20 years and how the culture yeah. in this country has changed and everything. And I've got my, my opinions on that and how I think it's going to change over the next bit, but we, we can get into that down the road. But yeah, so, uh, Arsenal around car parks, doing donuts. Uh, I got my license. Was like, I was. I tell you, long story short, I was working in a DIY shop in Butcher Road, which used to be budget DIY. I was 16 at the time. Um, didn't have a license, 
and a guy who's now pretty much my best friend and I've been very friendly with him since I was 16. He used to dabble in the car things um, and his uh, girlfriend at the time worked in the shop and she said, oh, Sean's bought a, some sort of Toyota Corolla. I, I'm 16 and I'm like, a twin cam? And she's like, I don't know. And then I was standing at the door that night, locking the door and it was, it was a winter's night and there was actually a bit of snow in the car park. And this, the car park's still there. It's where we all know is about your road, the big yeah. place. Um, and the shop used to be where Next and everything is now. Anyway, I am standing at the door, letting the customers out, locking the door behind him. And I, I hear this crisp, crisp John speed coming down the road. And I was like, oh. And oh, Sean man. came into the car park. And it was this big snowy car park. And of course, put the tail out. And I was like, oh, fuck. I've got to get me one of them. So I went over to him. And I sort of said, I was like, oh, this is lovely and all. Can I bet? And he's like, you don't even have a license. You clomp it. And I was like, I know, but I'm, you know, I'm 17 next month, whatever. Um, so yeah, I'd done the license. Um, Soon as I could, I bought that car and he kept it for me. Um, so that was where it all started. And you know, a twin cam. That's it. That's a true I mean, Northern Irish. There's, there's no one from this country <laughs> hasn't had a twin cam that does what I do, if you like, or hasn't spent a bit of time behind the wheel of one. But oh, they're true. a great car and they're worth a fortune now. You know, was but, it yeah. thirteen grand whenever you bought it? No, <laughs> yeah. no, it most definitely wasn't. If I, if I recall correctly, I think it was three thousand two hundred pound, and it was a eighty-six white one. So he just put brand new super lights and Jan's been driving on it, so she was. Oh, that's it's a good true, car. True good Northern car. Irish uh, automotive story there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, needless to say, I blew it up after about two months of getting <laughs> it. You know, but that's that's another story. But we, uh, we, yeah, uh, we had to get it fixed. But anyway, that was my my chariot, if you like, for attending all these cruises and things. Um, and one Sunday night, word came through the grapevine. Now you have to remember, mobile phones were only in their infancy back then. Yeah. There was no, say, there's no social, there's no internet, there's nothing like that. And word on the street basically was Max Barr were coming. So of course we hit Bangor with a, a big crowd of us from Lisburn and the the crews from Bangor ended up in Cumber. Um, there used to be a car park in Cumber. Um, some some people listening will remember that well. Tom's and from, Tom's from Oh, yeah, you know, Tom, yeah, you know where I'm talking, behind the nursing home or the residential home, oh, yeah. I think it is, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if it's still there, but that That's used to be that used about, to be yeah. the spot, you know. So needless to say, we waited their turn to go in and do our thing. And uh, yeah, we went in and done, done a bit anyway, and Sab's was all right. I um, got chatting to Fly, and I think at that time, I'm trying to remember the reporter that was over. It, you, I'm sure you maybe know Andy. Fly's sort of well-known in the global car world, you know. He's been a car photographer for... Him and Jim Blackstock founded Max Power. Um, many, you know, the, whenever f first started, but basically he's one of the most known guys in the world. And um, struck up a bit of a rapport with him and whatever. Then uh, jumped a few years. Uh, so I'm now 21. I've bought myself my first M3. And uh, my friend had <laughs> a E36. Yeah, okay. yeah. She was 95. He had his blue car. Um, it was only a couple of years old when I got it. So it's the equivalent of going out now and yeah. having an F80 at 21, if you know what I mean. I remember it was in Thompson's garage that night, the night before. <laughs> I was absolutely fucking rode off. <laughs> and I said to a friend of mine, I was like, oh, I need you to give me a lift tomorrow to collect my car. And he's like, what are you getting? I was like, an M3. And he's like, ballags. And I was like, no, no, we're getting an M3. Nice. So that was all right. We got that. And yeah, I had that a few months. And then Max Power were coming back. So needed to say, the car got a clean, tires got slicked, and two spurs in the boot. <laughs> and, off we <laughs> and I remember driving into the car park. I, I wrote a real, we had a website back in the steer from the rear days, and I, I wrote a wee spiel in it about how all this happened. But we drove into the car park, and um, there was a new guy with Max Power at the time, a guy called Ben Barry. And Ben's still a good friend to this day, and he's now the editor of Car Magazine. So he's, oh, really? he's very much still in the game. Anyway, Ben had only started, he was a, a junior, if you like, at that time with Max Power, and Andy seen us coming in, and he recognised us straight away, so we should have called a halt to proceedings, he was like, I need to change my lens, I don't know shit about cameras, but anyway, he needed to do whatever he needed to do, 
And he said to Ben, he's like, get up that tree with a camcorder. And of course, Ben's like, why? You know, and he's like, just fucking do it. So off Ben goes, scurrying up the tree. And then what happened next later ended up on a Max Power video. It was video back then. It wasn't even DVD. It was video. And um, yeah, so we, we, we done our thing or whatever and we kept in touch and everything else. And then a few months later, I got a phone call from Ben, actually, said that Max Power were going to run a... Um, their first ever big live event, uh, like a live show, if you like, which obviously became known as Max Power Live um, in the NEC in Birmingham. And would I fancy pulling a bit of a team together and coming and driving at it? So we were like, yeah, fuck so yeah. So that was the first in. Yeah. So that was the first in. That was the that was the very first. There you it. go. There's a there's a bit of a bit of a story behind it, but on the running order, you know, you had Terry Grant and you had Russ Swift and. Uh, Nigel and the boys from Northern Ireland. We, we used to be down, literally, at the first year they wanted to have six cars, so first phone call was my good friend Mark Brand and then Paul Conlon, my other good friend as well. Uh, and then we needed three other guys, so we got three other guys, so we landed there with six cars. And actually, Jeremy, I was the first time I met Jeremy Clarkson and stuff, he was there that year, him and Vicky Butler Henderson. And um, anyway, so we had the cruise trip, uh, done our thing, but on the running order we were down, everyone has their name, you know, it was very professional. We were literally wrote out in this sort of running order sheet as the Irish lads, and it was like, <laughs> well, it was a bit of an eye opener from us yeah. because we were sort of going, and you've all these sort of pros turning up with their big motorhomes and you know sponsorship <laughs> and all that, and we're like, oh, this looks good, you know, and so. It developed, you know, the next year they were back, they were like, oh, you know, but by this stage we had sort of formed our own little team, which we, we called Steer from the Rear, and uh, we had a, a, that name, we, at the time, the internet was just in its infancy, so we registered all these domains for our websites, but not quite sure what we were going to call ourselves, so we kind of threw it out there to the Max Power readership, if you like. And we gave them all these different options, and uh, everyone picks there from the rear is the, the bit. There you go. For the right or wrong reason, is the one that stayed in people's head, if you know what yeah. I mean. So um, we became known as that, and of course, we turned out the next year, we made a bit of an effort, we got ourselves shirts printed up and all that. And a bit more official looking. We're still fucking the Irish lads in their own order. But anyway, we were trying, yeah, yeah, we were trying. And what, what actually happened was we, we progressed from. A bit of a motley crew. We had Paul and I two 36 M3s and Mark had a 300ZX. And whilst our M3s were great for doing what we're doing, uh, Mark's had a V6 twin turbo and shooting flames and all that. And we were like, oh, we need some of that. So <laughs> yeah, we bought right. our 300s and sort of we, Paul and I painted ours in flip paint, which was like literally came in from the States for mm -hmm. us. Um, uh, at that time, so, you know, again, it was very, very new. It was only sort of, you have to remember, the internet wasn't really going. Yeah. Mm. So you're depending on what you see in magazines. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, one year, we eventually, after about 30 engines later, we discovered what the problem was with Mark's car. But one year, he blew up anyway. And the organizers who are, well, good luck in a minute, but they're still very good friends to this day. Mark's car basically threw her out the side of the block. So, of course, we were all standing there scratching our hair going, there's a hole in the engine, you know, this isn't going to do it. It was like Saturday morning. And they came over and they were like, oh, so are you guys just going to do a two-car routine, you know, for the rest of, maybe it was a Friday. They were like, for the rest of the weekend or whatever. We were like, no, no, we'll, we'll, we'll fix it. You know, you book three cars, we'll get you three cars. And they're like, there's a hole in the side of the engine. <laughs> we're like, we'll fix it, we'll figure something out. And so, basically, um, a guy, Daz, who does a lot of stock car racing, he managed to track down an engine. Uh, Nigel Morris, who owns Bigfoot, managed to get it picked up or whatever. He had some sort of involvement and lo and behold, an engine arrived that the NEC in Birmingham uh, a little bit later. And it was real handy because they just had a new delivery of Heister forklifts and, you know, being from Belfast and all, I knew how to hotwire one of them. So <laughs> we got that hotwired <laughs> and the engine got chucked in. And there's a great photograph, actually. Um, I'll, I'll find it, I'll, I'll get it to you. But there's a great photograph of Mark 
basically we carried on like you have there was eight or nine shows a day at this point so you're literally going out doing your thing coming back in the cars literally you just get the chance to cool down and, and you go again. go again um and there were massive massive crowds you know the, the this was like motor show live action and it's conception so it was huge it was massive massive attendances at these shows and basically we got in between doing all the shows and everything else we got the car engine transplanted in and up and running and cooling down to it and we didn't have time to put the bonnet on so the last show of the day you know all three of us lined out and uh the guy paul Marcel and joe guest actually were presenting it at that time and they sort of called a bit of a halt and they were like we just want to tell everyone here a bit of a story you know when this car blew up and blah 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 and the guys have worked their nuts off to get it back and you know give them a big cheer way and there's a real good picture of of mark um yeah no no bonnet on the car and the car just full hang smoke pouring off it you know and that was <laughs> that was us back up and going again the next year we went back fucking steer from the rear on the sheet we were like we've Ooh, made it yeah. <laughs> we we're like we finally earned some sort of respect yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but that, that was that was how it all started. You know, it all started yeah. with doing the Max Power shows and everything else. We can definitely and, relate to the being called the Irish lads when we go to England, though. Yeah. Like uh, especially. Yeah, pretty much. I was like, oh, there's the Irish. I don't think that's <laughs> but that's a that's an that's, and like that's when an you travel outside of this country, there's no nobody recognizes North or South. It's just no. fucking. No, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah nobody really. Like, you know, it's it's it's, it's strange. But uh, you get people trying to like start. Oh no, but the definition. I can't be Irish. Like, well, yeah, no. I've tried explaining that to people too, and then you just after the tenth time, you're just like, fuck it, yeah, whatever. You're, you're talking about Max Power. For us back in the day, it was the Fast and Furious, uh, not the Fast and Furious, the Fast Car. Uh, fast Car, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was exactly the yeah. same. It was even in Bangor as well. Uh, uh, Hollywood, yeah. I remember the whole in a Hollywood exchange, mm-hmm. and it was the Fast Car um, meets that we used to all go yeah. to, and everybody, who was the photographer? Sat, uh, not Sat. Steve McCann. Steve McCann from Scotland. And then he used to do, it was the exact same setup, basically, yeah. But there wasn't, I don't think there was anybody who was coming down to do it was just burnouts wasn't there really yeah it was just made burnouts but then you would get like like someone would rumor that <laughs> fast cars coming down and like everyone would get real excited but did you not find it it got to the point where every fucking weekend they yeah, were supposed to be coming and it was a cool fast cars coming <laughs> and everyone yeah, yeah. up and it was like oh, who always started them rumors that's what I want to say someone was like oh fast cars coming <laughs> and then everyone freaked out it was like it's great and then just got more people there. It was good. They come like twice a year, but you know, fifty-two weeks a year, yeah. everyone thinks they're coming. Yeah. You know. So did you get headhunted then, basically from that? Well, or I, w- I you... wouldn't say headhunted, but what happened to say Ben made that initial call for the the Max Power, and then it went from there um, to sort of broadening horizons, if you like. Um, we done Creel a lot in Scotland with Willie. Um, so basically, you turned that into like a like kind of. Well, we 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 were like a yeah. performance. You went and did. Yeah, it. I mean, what, what we, was the performance like? Well, I'd love a way I'm calling it. Oh, it was real funny. So basically, like? you know, we, we were three lads. We're from Northern Ireland. We love doing donuts, sliding cars around. So, Get the but we're trying to be professional. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? So we're yeah. trying our best to be professional. So we've got these shirts and all, and we're. You know, the guys and, and we've got trailers and eventually well? I got a lorry, you know, so I'm turning up with a flatbed. Oh, it all looks oh, good, you know, yeah. it all everything's good. And then we kinda of figured, right, we need to have some sort of a routine, but you know, we don't want everyone to know that we only have one routine. Yeah. So I don't know who which one of us it was, but basically one night in the bar we coined the idea of having all these numbers. So we decided our main routine was 4B. I mean, to tell you the truth, it was our only fucking routine, but we <laughs> called it 4B. So of course, we're anytime we're funnily organized, it's like, oh, we'll do 4B or we'll do, you know, three. Oh, 4B. And of course, the organizers are looking around going, oh, these guys full shit or they'll have that. <laughs> we always only had one routine. There's always 4B. There's always one. And to be fair, it was always, uh, you know, a lot of the sort of professional acts, which I later learned, um, you'd be wearing an earpiece and you'd have a, a coordinator or a choreographer. 
I'm not really how most big stuff's done, you know, professionally. You boys just we, 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 we're, we're literally <laughs> waking it, nodding, and you know, yeah. banging the door to sort of indicate, right, come in, do a propeller, as we called it, and we had all these sort of things. But to be fair, we had a we had a I wouldn't quite say telepathy, but we had some sort of a understanding and yeah. connection between the three of us. So we all drove very well together, you know, and. It's kind of funny because eventually we ended up in Greece, and I'm sure you've heard of Team Orange, like the drift team and stuff. Oh, yeah. So we were in Greece, we we're in Athens in Greece, and there was one particular night. There was their evening time shows, and the arena was massive. So you were getting second, maybe third gear. You know, we were able to get a bit of speed on. Um, but we had our, you know, we've been doing this for a few years by this stage, so we kind of got our four B down to a fine art, <laughs> if you like. And uh, anyway, we used to do this propeller thing. We're all three cars. We're doing obviously a donut, but tight together. So we'd literally nearly be touching each other's door, you know, in a three-pointed star, if you like. And the guys from Team Orange, like they've turned up with their fucking like, I think whatever the were at the time, the S15s or Subaru, whatever. They had Subaru the best of the best. Yeah. You know, they've got a team of mechanics of any end. This amount of spares. My 300 ZX had like Evo six shocks in the back of it, and <laughs> whatever I could find around Sean McKeever's yard and pulled <laughs> into the front of it, and you know we're. Just your typical Irish guys, yeah, you know. Yeah. But uh, they turned up anyway and tried to emulate a few things. And you know, don't get me wrong, there was other areas they were better than us. But we we our we our craft down to fine art by that stage, you know. So yeah, we we had a good run at it. We we made kept a good going. Impression. Yeah, we made a good impression, and we made a lot of friends. Many of whom we all still speak to regularly today, yeah. which is. I think uh, anyone who's really into the car culture can relate to us. Like you guys have friends all over the world, and you know I'm sure a lot of your yeah. listeners and viewers do too. And that's that's the wonderful thing about cars, no matter your background or anything like that. Yeah. Cars is sort of a universal global community, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, two questions. I'm interested to know. You got the M3. Mm. Was that your daily driver, and then also your show car? The 36. So yeah. basically, right up until the point we. Uh, Back in the day, we ended up with more or less the first three S15 Nissans in Ireland. Um, we literally got them on the first boat. You're, I, I sort of feel a bit sorry for, I know I'm an old fart, but I feel a bit sorry for pre, say this whole pre-internet thing that nobody, you know, a lot of people won't. The Jap import craze was literally just starting and um, we, there was a boat used to come in like every month loaded with stuff, you know, and like literally the first boat that came in, me and a few other guys were literally hanging off the fence at the docks in Dublin going, wow, look at that, oh, wow, look at that, oh, it's a skeleton, you know, it was all yeah. stuff you'd just seen in magazines or heard about, or, you know, it was just like, no, so we're, we're definitely spoiled now. Like, well, we really are now. I mean, everything's at your fingertips, but this it, it was all good. But we had the first three uh, NES 15s in them. But that stage, we got to the point, as I say, where we were, you know, let's call it trying to be as professional as possible. We were transporting our cars. Up until then, when we had our 300s, we drove them. So <laughs> yeah, literally, no matter time, where yeah. we were going, we drove our cars. And That's I mean, hilarious. we had as much fun on the journey to and from most of these shows mm -hmm. as, we, as we did uh, doing the show. There was one, there was one quite famous year. Uh, I'll, I'll not say his name, but there's a, a good friend had a 360 Modena Ferrari yellow. Um, we brought it over to Max Power one year as well. So we were rolling back towards Hollyhead from the NEC, and I don't quite know whose idea this was, but we ended up bringing all the traffic on one of the major motorways in England to a crawl. And again, cameras weren't really a thing back then, you know. So yeah. <laughs> so we've basically taken four lanes of the road. We've got the three 300s and the Ferrari all slowing down to like 20 men an hour. Just as slow as we could go. The traffic's backed up behind us, but the ironic thing was, as we all sort of looked in the mirror going, geez, there's a lot of traffic. And every car that was behind us had like a camera because it was all the people coming from the show. <laughs> so when our cars are, you know, they're flip painted and by this time I picked up a bit of sponsorship and they're logoed up and everything else. And 
big drag race down the motorway and the silly speeds, you know, and it was all, we had as much fun traveling to and from yeah, them yeah, as we yeah. did, you know, actually doing them. They were, they were good. They were really good funding. Where did, you, where did you practice? Was it a typical Northern Irish just go to a car park? Or when you... I was, I say, I happened to come when I was 17. And I say That's from the age of 17 to 19, um, and I'll even name it, it was Murray Police Station. I'd say the police in Murray knew myself and my good friend Mark on every single policeman knew us on a first name basis. <laughs> and I feel as you sort of define that a bit better in that there was one night, uh, Mark had us 300 by this stage and... Um, the whole TV thing that just happened, you know, so you can now get a TV for your car. So he'd bought one of these Kenwood pop-out TV jobs. And uh, I can't remember what it was. It might have been the first Fast and Furious or it might have been whatever movie, Gone 60 Seconds, I don't know when that came out. Whatever it was, it was some movie we were watching on the screen and there was a foot patrol coming down. And he's like, all right, uh, what are you doing today, lads? So I'm like, oh, TV in the car and we're just making conversation. And he, he said this, he says, you know, he says, Every time we see black circles anywhere in our district, he says, we know it's one of you two fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically, he says, sort of said, he's like, but he says, with, in all fairness and with respect, he said, You're, we never see you speeding and we never see you doing anything silly, if you like. What would happen, we would drive and, you know, I still do, sort of in the speed limit and all during the day, but... Come midnight, come one or two in the morning, you know, find a car park, find a disused industrial area or whatever, and that's where we to so hone, hone our skills, line. if you like. Yeah, and there's there's a, there's a park, um, Lady Dixon Park, um, and there used to be a tree at it with this tiny roundabout. And Mark and I used to have this sort of banter over who could do the better donuts. You know, this is back before we got steer from the rear up and going. And Mark was going the holiday at the time, and I was like, by the time you come back, I was like, I'm going to be a fucking, nobody's going to beat me at doing that. I was like, I will have that mastered. There's one night I was in the car park anyway, and I got that good at it. Like I put the wheel on the curb, the front wheel, and there was like a tree in the middle, but there was a drop. So if you went over the curb, you were going to drop right down on the um, arms, the suspension arms. You were going to get stuck, basically. Okay. So you didn't want to overcook it. But I got I got that handy at it anyway, that I could run the run the, the tire around this. So one night I'm there practicing, like, I'm just practicing, practicing. There's a few other guys with me. And the next thing, just out of nowhere, boom, blue lights. And I swear to God, had I not seen them in the mirror, they came in without the headlights and all on. I was literally full chat around this thing. <laughs> and I just got stopped before I slapped into them with <laughs> the quarter panel. And so Jeez. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, there was a there was a few times where we, we had a few. was it slapping a wrist then or what was it? Uh, What's the statute I'm... of limitations for a prosecution? Does anybody know? <laughs> Get somebody Google. Right. Oh, I think you're all passing on. So basically, uh, yeah, so with Fred Mark, I couldn't understand it because the guy, the cop was like, you know, that's it. I finally got to losing the books, blah, blah, blah. And I was being a bum at the time. I don't think it was working. And anyway, one morning, dad shouts up. He's like, Chris, down here. And I was like, what's wrong? He's like, the police are here again. And I was like, all right, okay. So downstairs expecting you know, handcuffs, whatever, I don't know. I was expecting something anyway, and he goes, um, so yeah, I just need to read you this, and he read me out the whole spiel, morning, and he, yeah. he, he let me off, more or less, with an official caution, and I'm like, oh, class, <laughs> you know what I mean? Straight <laughs> off we go again. Exactly, no so, worries. anyway, fast forward a few months to Christmas time, and uh, Mark, I'm out, right, Mark, Mark used to have a lift in his garage, so his garage was like the hangout, you know, it was like where we all worked at our cars, and changed our diff out, and, Fixed all the shit we broke. Mm. And uh, anyway, Mark's dad popped out um, to have a chat with us. And uh, lo and behold, it transpired. He was sending, like, the, I'm, I'm not obviously a policeman, I don't know the, the, the ranking order, if you like, but whatever, whoever was the boss man of that region or that station or whatever, he was basically sending him a pallet 
of alcoholic drink every single Christmas <laughs> to give to the guys to try and keep Mark, his son, and myself out of trouble. Unbelievable. <laughs> like, on, on, are we on official bribe? Like? Are we on official bribe? <laughs> I like and I found this out, like... I was like, this is class. <laughs> it's like, this, this is how we've survived. All these, to, totally unknowns to ourselves. This is what was going on, you know, so... Yeah, so anyway, but this is obviously so you, going back a long time ago. you transitioned basically from drifting around a tree yeah. in like Lisbon to... Yeah. Uh, like part of the mafia almost and like driving <laughs> police. Well, no. To, well, I was, to, I was going to say to like basically travel the world. Times were very different back then, you know. The, yeah. and thankfully, it's not the same anymore, but you know, being a, a police officer uh, was a, a very different game back then from what it is now, right. you know, and I'm glad to say it's changed and... What not, but uh, yeah, they, 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 I guess they had more to worry about. And say cameras and things weren't weren't a big thing. The I'm camera sorry. phones, the world's fucked because of camera phones. You know, the I things we got up to, yeah, like, yeah, you know, you, anything you do now, someone straight out with yeah, the phone, you know. Internet, so right. you've, exactly. you've transitioned from twin cams around trees to basically travel the world being I, a snake. Yeah, did you, did you, no, no, you no. were not dressed as a snake, no? No. no. What were you? Uh, Some say he had a funny accent. But <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. What? Did, what? Did, uh, what was your role in? Uh, was it Top Gear before Fast and Furious? Yeah, yeah. Well, so basically, uh, I'll, I'll, how, how we got to Top Gear? So we done our sort of years of steer from the rear and everything else, and say the internet had boomed, and you know, all of a sudden people were seeing everything online and. Ireland being Ireland, you know, it used to be back in those days, it was Sierras or twin cams. There wasn't that many car, it wasn't that many options. Oh, but then the fun. Jap imports, <laughs> yeah, well, like... yeah, but the Jap imports <laughs> start to fly in. So now all of a sudden there's endless amount of uh, rear wheel drive Jap stuff kicking around, you know, within reach of uh, most people's yeah. budgets and things. So we got to the point where all of a sudden everybody has a rear wheel drive car and there's sort of and there's a lot of driving talent in this country there's a lot of talent uh, as far as i can see in every motorsport form in this country i think is a go off on a rant now but i i think it's a sort of uh, a nation if you like uh we especially a small country yeah i mean if you, if, if you I'm, I'm not sure off the top of my head the population but there's bound to be a way of working out a ratio per population head yeah. for this country and the amount of very successful motorsport people that have came from yeah, here definitely across all forms you know motorbikes uh you know gt racing yeah, open wheel whatever driver as well like yeah that. i mean we i think as a as a very small country um we can very much hold our head high on the world stage and i, and I do i've been very fortunate in that i've traveled the world um for a long time and seen culture in different countries and things and like i, I can honestly tell you now we're right up there like we i i pers i firmly believe as as a level of driving even on the roads never mind sort of talent for arson around in cars i think we're really all right up there um on, on the global scale um i do think rightly or wrongly we maybe have to try a little bit harder um if you imagine sort of getting gigs and jobs and everything's got a budget these days so you know you're asked to do something and there's a lot of driving talent in england as well um yeah, we we're but we're a bit more expensive because there's an extra flight involved or yeah. whatever the case may be. So you Get do have Irish to. In. It's like you guys doing Absolutely. doing your work. You know, no, we can you, relate. Yeah, 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 for sure. So you have to try that bit harder, but I think that's just that's all in our nature it's over nature here. Of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, that, yeah. Absolutely. So uh, where was I lost my lost place? So um, transition yeah. into Top Gear. I think. Yeah, so we have done the steer through thing. Is definitely the like one hundred percent? Some some say not. He took his helmet off when he walked out. I see him. You said you would. Drove that van up full gear. Like Michael Schumacher. 
Well, anyway, um, so yeah, we, we, we got to the point whereby shows were starting to dry up because all of a sudden there was a show every weekend. You know, that's that's what, in my opinion, that's what happened in this country. There was a show every weekend. It, it, it happened two years ago as well. It got and to the point. And then it went, well, three years ago and then it went dead. So yeah. yeah, and I mean, it used to be back in the day, there was one or two real good shows yeah. and they were brilliant. People worked on their cars, uh, you know, to get, this, it, it's like, I suppose what dub shit is now. People worked in their cars for a solid year to get their car ready for these one or two shows. But then it's like everything, you know, people want to make money off it or whatever. And suddenly there's a show every week or there's a meeting every week. And respectfully, Northern Ireland's not a big country. So once you've been to one, you've yeah. kind of seen everything there is no, to absolutely. see. It's the same stuff over and over and over again. Uh, and then the live stuff, all of a sudden, everyone had a rear drive car. So, you know, we, we, we didn't really make any money from our days of doing all that um, because we spent that much replacing engines and Mark's car. But <laughs> we eventually found that problem. But anyway, by this stage, you know, we're, we're, we're at the point where uh, people are coming along and sort of saying, I, I can do that. I'll do it for free. You know, so all of a sudden uh, we've guys that we've worked for for years sort of saying, we really want to book you guys, you know, but by the time we get your boat and all, it's working out quite expensive and such and such down the road, he's going to do it for free. He won't do as good a job, but, you know, still a fellow hole. So we got to the point where things were drying up and like we, we were doing it right. We had our own proper liability insurance and everything else, which is quite expensive. And um, yeah, so we got to the point where we had to sort of make a call and go, look, I think we've maybe had a run at this. Um, so we parked the cars, if you like, and we'd done the odd bit, but it was all of a sudden it was very sporadic. And um, with the S15s um, at the time, and I decided I had too much money tied up in the S15 to sit there doing nothing, so I sold it. And Max Parl or Top Gear Live had just started. Um, and they were doing a show in Dublin. And by this stage, I was quite friendly with Terry Grant. And Terry happened to say to me, look, we're having a big party on the Saturday night. You know, come down. I was like, oh, are you sure the organizers won't mind? He goes, it's Simon. He says, you know Simon, he'd be glad to see you. So I was like, right, OK. So I was in the uh, Jameson Distillery, and we went down for a big party. And Top Gear parties were fucking top-notch, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> they really were. Uh, but it, uh, was this the live, like, live gig? This was the live gig. Yeah. Um, so it was at the RDS in Dublin. Uh, I wasn't driving the first year, so basically they just started their tour, yeah, if okay. you like. Um, so I went down anyway, of course, got to see a lot of people I hadn't seen for years and everything else, and feeling come over to me, like, oh, would you not like to do this? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah. phone me, there's a number, you know? <laughs> yeah, do you know? Yeah, yeah. So a couple of months later, I got a phone call, and they were going out to South Africa, and they were going out to Johannesburg and um, BP were running a thing. Uh, they were doing like a, they were like sort of sponsoring the event, if you like, but they had their own, not in the main live arena, they had their own section of it and they were basically doing passenger rides and they asked, okay. could we go and do that? So myself and Mark flew out for that. And yeah, it was kind of a roundabout way. There, there's a, some, some people that are listening to this might know him, there's a guy called Ken Irwin and Ken is like the godfather of auto testing here. And very sadly, Ken took ill. Ken was one of the main drivers for Top Gear at the time. And Ken took ill, um, and he had, had to be admitted to hospital. Um, and thankfully, he made a recovery, but they were short a driver. And I was there anyway, doing the VP thing. Um, so they asked, could I step into his shoes to cover for the weekend? And that's really, that's, I'd, I'd done that, and I managed to do a good job of it and not screw it up or anything. And that kind of opened <laughs> the door, you know. Um, yeah, so that's, that's more or less how it started. And I have to say, like, I was thinking about this on the way up the road and, you know, since we've talked and, like, the, this, the span of years across the, the Top Gear live stuff was, it was it was the stuff dreams you made of, you know, it really was. It was such a fantastic time and some of the, my favourite memories from, as you say, going from doing donuts around a tree yeah. outside Lisburn to <laughs> travelling the world with 
these guys and like some of the stuff I've managed to find myself in it's a position crazy to how do, it you know? evolves isn't it like the people you know but, but you can't give up you have to no matter what moving. you do you just have to keep plugging away like I, I there's more times friends and uh, sorry I think I kicked your camera uh, you know, right, is that alright Cameron yeah, you can kick it over man. Cameron gave me a dirty look there <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, there's more times people sort of said to me you know oh, you know you're not you know maybe call you know you've had a good run knock in the head and yeah, get but back to get the real what your job. Passion is, you know, that, that, it is. And I, I mean, think a lot of people don't get that. You have to, you have to just keep trying. You have to keep yeah. plugging, and you know, with hindsight, maybe I, I was a bit, I sh maybe should have, uh, maybe sort of charged a bit more, tried to do a bit more professionally than I did. But look, I did what I did, and it's not over yet. I'm still doing bits and pieces, but certainly the run on top gear. I have to say, it was I look back on that whole span yeah. of years with some awesome memories and. It was very sad whenever the whole thing ended, if you know what I mean. Did um, it end then with the same as the main show, kind of at the same time? Yeah, or? so uh, without getting into too much detail, obviously there was an incident. And, um, <laughs> yeah, we, just we, the we, one guy just, like, just, just messed up everyone? Well, there was an incident <laughs> and uh, it kind of put a spanner in the works. Um, but basically we had pre-sold tickets and things for Top Gear Live around different venues, yeah. which all now had to be for want of a better word abandoned but you're in the whole problem from a marketing and everything else point of view so basically uh the guys managed to do a deal with the bbc that we could finish off our run of shows if you like under the clarkson hammond the may live banner i remember that um yeah. so yeah we, we we had brought we had brought top gear it's actually really difficult to do a show here and at the whatever it's called now, the ssa or the or it's the odyssey we yeah, all know it's yeah. the odyssey everybody <laughs> knows it's the odyssey but it's a really difficult venue to do any big show in the the venue itself is fine but Unless you're involved in that kind of world, you don't realise what goes on behind the scenes. You know, staging no, exactly. It's very, very tight backstage, so it's a real head scratcher as to how to, especially when you're doing a big show with a lot of cars and things, because it's obviously taking up a lot of space. Um, but we had managed to do a Top Gear live, uh, or sorry, a Clarkson Hammond the May live there, and I'd been trying to get it done for years. Now I didn't have any direct involvement in the booking process, yeah. but obviously I knew the guy, and like I'd literally be every time I seen him, so you know, chirping in his ear, pushing and pushing, Where's pushing. Where's Where's I was like, trust me, Bring if you do a show yeah. here, you're gonna sell it. all the tickets. It's yeah. you know, we love this stuff, and eventually I convinced him to do it, and yeah, we it was it was great. It was really funny because car football, I, you know, car football is there's different companies if you like have tried to emulate yeah. what we done with car football and car football is a funny thing because obviously when you're doing that kind of stuff it's all highly choreographed and there's a lot of moving parts and you don't realize when you're watching just what all's going on if you know what i mean because you, you you've got obviously the cars you've got all our performers you've got the lighting you've got the sound you've got everything that you have to be in sync with like to the seconds you know it literally has to be bang on and um car football it's always at the end of of a live show and it's com you can't possibly choreograph it. It's just whatever happens happens. You know, it's just mayhem. Well. It's it like is literally it. mayhem. And See when you were you explained that there, I was like, how are you choreographing? You can't. <laughs> you, you, you just how are you doing that? And then you're like, it's not. I was like, yeah. And, and it was always depending on the size of the venue. It was always three of us versus Jeremy, Richard, and James. You know, or often if one of them was a bit sore, would have a guest presenter or something in their slot or whatever. But normally it was three cars. But if you went somewhere with a like uh, Johannesburg, for example, at the Coca-Cola Dome in Johannesburg's massive, so we used to maybe do four cars to side, if you know what I mean. And some games were crap. You just some <laughs> games, no matter how hard you tried, hard they were just. Yeah. 
they didn't flow or they didn't work. And then equally, some games like you're wiping tears away from your eyes with laughter <laughs> yeah. and while you're driving. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. the fun that was had during car football. Do you, so you knew you have radios in there? Can you talk to the we, guys or do you talk? We, to we just... can't. No, we can't talk back. But we've got a, a choreographer, a, a wonderful guy by the name of uh, Colin Sangster, and Colin done all the choreographer choreography for Top Gear Live. Now Colin's background is he used to choreograph the Royal Ballet and stuff, <laughs> so he's got a he's massive like a, CV. He you took know, a turn. He 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 really really <laughs> knows what he's at. You know yeah. and and. Colin, you know, you're doing like a 90 minute show, if you like, or maybe longer. And um, all the way through, Colin's sort of calling, for want of a better word, paste notes. It's yeah. not that you don't know where you're going, you do, but, but as, I, as I always say to people, whenever we're doing fast and I'm sort of training people up for that, I was like, look, whatever happens with your arms and legs, it just has to happen. You know, you can't think, oh, I have to do this, I have to do that. It just has to be instinctive because what you actually have to concentrate on is looking out the window at where you are in your car or you have to be in sync with everything else and you're listening to sort of you know you maybe have a move to make and he's giving you like a five four three two one and you know you have to be in a certain market a certain time yeah. there's so much going on whatever's happening with your hands and feet just has to happen instinctively you can't sort of think oh i have to lift the handbrake or i have to turn it just has to happen and uh so colin would be calling all this throughout the whole show you know and then i would get the car football it's and then you, you would physically <laughs> you would physically see him literally just fling back in his chair and put your arms up as if to say and then that's it he can have fun because he's just like you know saying <laughs> like I, right and he's very, he's very he's a very humorous guy and he'd be he'd be like uh, he'd be on the radio laughing he'd be like Chrissy like? you were on your G-string and you know he'd, he'd, be, he'd be making all these jokes and we'd all be sitting teehaying but anyway we'd travel all over the world playing this car football right and uh there, there was, there's a guy, Sam, um, who's, to be fair, the best driver I've ever seen in my life. And Sam's from here as well. Um, and there's More than uh, Irish holding it down. Oh, like. really are. And there's there's another guy, uh, Gordon. Who Gordon, lives, Gordon lives in Scotland now, but Gordy's originally from Lisbon. So we, we were the ones that generally played the car football. And um, we got to Belfast. So, of course, we were like fucking Belfast. Because all the time, we we travel all over the world and... You know, we would be whoever, whatever city or whatever country we were in, that would be the logo on the side of the car football cars. And obviously, Jeremy and Richard James would be England. So it would be whoever versus England. <laughs> okay, I can but see we got, this is going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we got to here. Of course, we were all ready to go. And Colin's giving it stacks in the ears, winding us all up and all. And Jeremy's about to start. And he's like, oh, hold on. And he gets out and he sort of has to address the audience. And he goes, I just want to tell you something. He's like, we travel all over the world and we play this game and blah, 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 blah. And, these guys, you know, they be whatever country you're in. And he's like, and I know what says like Northern Ireland on the cars. He's like, but they are actually all three of them are from Northern Ireland, you know. Of course, Northern Irish crowds being the crowds, they are massive cheer and everything else. And Jeremy's like, yeah, so we're fucked, you know. And then the guy yeah. gets and Bob's it was, it was great. It was great to do a show here at home. Did you, you know? win? Fucking right, well, of course. <laughs> but sure uh, the, the, the only benefit, some, I'm going to say it's not choreographed, it's not, but sometimes the end result might be, but every now and again there's a free-for-all. And funny, the last show, the final show that we did um, was in the O2 in London. And uh, it was just it was just chaos. Like Jeremy had said to me the night before, we were having a bite eating and stuff the night before, and he's like, Chris, we'll make sure it's a good game. You know, it's the last ever game of car football. And he's like, I want it to be good. And it was priceless. Like it was just... I took a head stagger, so I basically had hit him a head on, and it, we're in. Our, do you hit it? Do the cars hit oh, it? Yeah, the cars yeah. be wrecked. Well, we're in Moscow one time. How often time. do you change the cars? Well, we'll have spurs, put it like that. Yeah, maybe <laughs> each side will have at least two spurs, <laughs> and the mechanics are busy, you know. Um, but we it was real funny. We were in we we're in Moscow, um, doing a big show in Moscow. Um, I think it was Peugeot. The Peugeot, uh, not the 106, the slightly newer one, 108, right? I'm not up in Peugeot, but whatever it was, it was a new 106 shape or a new 106 size. 
So he turns up to Moscow, and uh, one of the girls is like, oh, Peugeot were here for your car football cars. And I'm like, mm-hmm, okay. So I think these brand new cars all rolling, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, has someone told the guys from Peugeot how <laughs> this works? They're not getting these back. <laughs> right, so these two mechanics turn up to run the cars all weekend, and it was so funny. They were lovely guys. Obviously, I don't speak Russian, they don't speak English, but they were lovely, lovely guys, really nice guys. And they were in we. Usually, you were Citroen. I can't remember which, but they were in the wee dungarees, and they've got all the gear, and you know they're obviously repping the brand in Russia and everything. So I, I, we're we're getting close to go time, you know. And I sort of girl Gemma used to look after this, and I called Gemma. And I was like, Are "You sure you've told these guys?" <laughs> right? And uh, whatever way the game worked that time, I was in Richard Hammond's team. So Richard was like my team captain, if you like, and there was me and another guy. And these wee cars were black, they were brand spanking new, no miles in the clock. We had the two spurs, right? Do you not uh, have cages or anything in them? No, 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 no. They're just standing oh, cars like? Helmet on and douche, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. And anyway, I goes out. And now, bear in mind, Richard's on my team. He's my team captain. I think the whistle blew, and I would say seven or eight seconds passed before he hit me so hard, he obliterated the front end. Like, he, he snapped the whole steering, bumper, headlights, bonnet, wings, everything, just everything's gone. I, I, I basically, at this point, I've learned, I've done it a few years, and I learned to have a radio, so you were asking earlier about the radio, you know, I've, I've got a... Emergency nor- radio? I've got a radio, because I know I'm going to need it, so basically, I've got a radio stashed in the door, I pick up the radio, I was like, get the spare car ready, get the spare car ready, and I'm coming, telling the backstage people to open the curtain to let me back in, so I'm coming, and the wheel is like... And the curtain opens, and of course, like... The guys in Citroen or Peugeot, can't remember what, they're like... What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like the car's just fucking then pieces. Oh, the car was just like it was just scrap. Give me a new one, <laughs> you know. And this was like seven seconds after the whistle blew. <laughs> so anyway, they got an eye opener, but uh, yeah, but we we we'd actually used Suzuki Swifts. Um, they were sort of purpose built for it, and they were they were great. And you know what? Those wee cars took death. I mean, death. Oh, I so, had a Suzuki Swift. I put on its roof. I know. <laughs> I don't know too. And your car football. I don't know. So the last game, I say Jeremy's gave me a bit of a pep talk. He's a good game, blah blah blah. And normally there's a time limit on it. And you know the, our producer, uh, Roly, he would sort of whenever it's lost its flow, if you like, he would hit the you know right. You're going to finish in a minute, you know. And that, that would, but this particular game it was the last game. The crack was good and everything. I basically Jeremy had the ball and I went for the ball and he hit it and I straight in and then I thought fuck it, it's the last game. So I just give her a clutch kick and spun the wheels up and he's literally sitting in the car with his foot in the foot brake, hydraulic handbrake, pulled over all four wheels lock and I'm literally smoke pouring off the tires of Sweet Suzuki, pushing him up the whole length of the O2 into his own goalpost, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I looked across and his family are there and of course all our execs are there and they're all crying with laughter and even Jeremy, like, we're, we're less close uh. and like he's literally, he's literally, you know, doing, did, being Jeremy, being a funny guy and he's literally wiping his tear, oh, it was brilliant, it was absolutely brilliant. And then uh, I later found out one of the mechanics, because I was being a bit rough that game, and one of the mechanics was like, ooh, Birdie's going to roll this car if he keeps this up. And literally five seconds later, boosh, it's on a roof. They had James May, and whatever happened, they ended up climbing up a scorter panel, and oh, boom, over she went. It's all on YouTube. Oh, <laughs> we might need to find out. Yeah. But yeah, but it was good. car football was great. Car football was brilliant. And how long did and I have to just say, but you know, we always had a bit of a competition between us who was best. And I mean, obviously, I'm going to say it was me, but... Truth be told, it was always Gordy. Gordy was fucking brilliant at car football. <laughs> what were the actual, what were the presenters like? What was Jack they were great? Like? They were really good. Uh, they were, they have to say, they were they were really good. Rash um, like, or were they actually a bit of finesse about them? At, at, at driving and stuff. No, no, they were they were. 
Well, Hammond's uh, had a few incidents there. He he's, not so lucky. He's, he's no fear. He has no fear. Like <laughs> that Richard issue, has yeah. no fear. Um, none, like no, none, zero fear. Um, and that that's what you know. He, he's literally not afraid of anything, and that's what makes him sort of gone who if you like. But yeah. that's not a bad thing. That's you know they're 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 that's how, to be to be fair, all three of them are actually they're all good drivers, a lot better drivers than people may may yeah, think. Yeah, you know, yeah. and there was one year we were in uh, we used to do this light this festival in Sydney. And um, through a contact out there, I'd managed to get Holden and Ford to supply to racing Utes. And James and Jeremy were doing that gig along with the Australian team. Uh, Richard wasn't there. And anyway, it was, I had a, my job was basically bringing out this Holden and getting Jeremy folded into it. And this is a racing Holden with a cage and extended steering column and all this. And <laughs> like, I'm just under six foot two and Jeremy's a fair bit taller than I am, you know. So it was like trying origami to get him folded <laughs> up into this yeah. thing, you know. And of course, you have to buckle him up and all that. And he used to love that. Oh, he used to love that. Because I'd literally be down on my knees trying to strap him up. And he'd be like, stop playing with my balls. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but he is a bit, it was all a bit of crack. A, he's brash like No, it? it was all a bit of crack. It was great fun. That's the same. Great memories. But anyway, I got him folded up. Where it was one of the practice days. It was Friday or whatever. Show you festival. Used to run Saturday, Sunday. And anyway, folded him up in this shoot right off you go, you know, and off have a lap around the track. And for our sound engineers, it was a bit of a challenge because um, it was at Eastern. I always get it mixed up. Or it was Eastern or Western Creek, Eastern Creek, I think it is, uh, just outside Sydney. And basically, they had to figure out a way of getting the comms to work while they were in cars, but running the whole way around the track. So of course, the sound people are out putting out, you know, uh, signal amplifiers and all sorts of things to try and make sure they've got coverage of the guys talking while they're going around. But anyway, Jeremy went off and. Got a bit of a feel for it, and uh, basically this track, uh, the last corner is a big, massive sweep in the left-hand corner, which comes into the sort of start-finish straight, which runs downhill. So we can't see around the back. We've seen, you know, we can hear Jeremy in our, our comms, and then we can obviously hear him on the PA system. And the sound guys are trying to test all this out, and, all, and he's 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 loving this. He's getting it's you know these Utes are if you ever driven, but they're basically you know. These are racing used to the four sixty five hundred horse um, with literally nothing in the back of them, so they're lively is the best way of describing them. <laughs> but anyway, he's been he's at this point, Jeremy's having a lot of fun. You know, he's only done a couple of laps. Next thing he comes into this last corner, and I'm not kidding you, he must have been in second, if not third, and he literally smoked the tires like there was a rooster tail as long as you would see at the back of James Dean's car, like going around this corner. I'm standing there with our producer who's very friendly with Jeremy and we're like, what the fuck's <laughs> going on? He came out of the corner, full hang, just touched the wheel and the, kicked up a wee bit of dirt, just oh, perfect. And literally he started roaring. He's like, I have got to get me one of these. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. He nailed it, you know, so they're better drivers than people give them credit yeah. for. You Good know? at multitasking too because if you ever try to properly talk and actually discuss a car while driving it as well, yeah. actually, yeah. you know. Yeah, I have to say I, I think very, very highly of all three of them and I've had an awful lot of fun over the years and like we used to have our shows which are a very stressful environment and then, you know, for, for, for them, it had to be rock and roll because they're all very successful guys. You know, they're not short of a few quid, and you know the demands of touring are high. Um, so you have to have some sort of an incentive for them to want to tour the world. If you like, um, so you know we, we we were in just normal hotels, nice hotels, but normal. Like they'd be, you know, they'd be looked after. They'd be helicopter flights and everything else. Not on the BBC's money before everyone kicks off. That was all separate. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they uh, they they it would be rock and roll for them. You know, it'd be rock oh. and roll, and they they had a lot of fun. And you know, the parties were great, but a lot of a lot of warm good parties. food whenever they get back to the hotel. Then oh, so funny, right? So I'll tell you this. So basically, 
there's this guy called Mark, right? So some of the crew from Max Power. So the very first year I turned up with Max Power, um, there's, 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 people don't appreciate what goes on behind the scenes of a lot of things, you know, be it concerts or whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. Live shows are no different. So there's a core crew behind the scenes making everything happen yeah. and making everything run and making sure everyone's in their place and blah, blah, blah. But there's this guy, Mark, uh, affectionately known as Big Mark because he's fucking massive, right? And Mark, Mark's our, he's been with us for donkey's years. Like Mark's been, he's, he's been with us for a long, long time. And, you know, the boys know him well. And there's a rapport built up there and everything else. And the incident had not long happened, right? So we were basically, uh, a couple of months later, we're at the O2, we're finishing up. This is the party where Jeremy says to me about having the good game of car football. And myself, and there's Richard, and there's Mark, and we're all having a bit of a bawa, and Jeremy comes over, start, we're talking, I can't remember, we're talking whatever, and a waiter comes, right? So a waiter's coming with a platter of food, we're in some <laughs> lovely restaurant, and Jeremy picks something up off this platter, and he takes a bite of it, you know, and he literally turned around and looked at the guy, and he was like, it's cold. And like literally within a split second, Big Mark turns around and was, don't fucking hit him. <laughs> and it was priceless. Like, I mean, we were folded in two. It was, had to be there, but Did it was just, right? oh, he laughed his balls off. But, you know, at this, at this point, you know, what could he do? He, he thought about it for a minute and then he laughed, but we were buckled. You know, it was Andy Williams was there too, actually. Now, because you'd known him for a while at that point, I suppose. Yeah, well, I, you know, I wouldn't say we're, we're like best buddies, no, him, but yeah. you know, you have to remember those guys and other guys like them. I, 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 I know Shane Lynch as well, reasonably well, and I've spent a bit of time out in restaurants and stuff with him and different things. And like we, we went to Nando's once in Belfast. They were here doing a concert, and a few of us went to Nando's. I need a good friend, Derek, his, with him from Dublin, and we're sitting in Nando's anyway, um, trying to eat our food. And I am not kidding you, like, I'm not making this up. Literally every 10 or 20 seconds, someone was over looking for a picture, you know? And I got to the point where I was like, Jesus, let the guy eat his dinner, you know. But he, no problem. Uh, he, I think uh, Keith Duffy was with us as well. And every single time, oh, no problem. And wiped their mouth and up and take a picture and everything else. Um, and I've been on a few, uh, out for a few meetings in London with the boys as well. And it's the same story. And never have I ever seen any of them go, I'll do it when I finish my I dinner. They've all the time in the world. And I, 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 I admire anyone yeah. that does that. You yeah. know, I think... You've opened up I your life, really. Yeah, to, yeah, every, and, every I, and I think you know it's it's uh, it's it's bound to be incredibly demanding. You know, we're right, sitting in Nando's. I'm at the point where I'm it. getting cross. <laughs> <laughs> like, leave my own little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> but but they, they they have the patience of a saint. You know, and yeah. they're they're it's it's a so from the boy from the point of view of the guys, you know, you have to remember they walk down the street and they're getting hounded for pictures and they're getting yeah. everything else. And yeah, they have to they have to see your face around for a while before they open up to you. I guess is what I'm saying. But that point, I actually I, I made a bit of a mistake when I first started. Um, I sort of made a point of being polite and saying hello every time I seen them. Never got a reply. This was just at the beginning, you know. But I was I was a new guy, so I ignored them for a bit. And then we were in uh, Durban, uh, Durban doing a big thing and um, whatever it was car football or we actually done we went for a couple of years we done polo. We had these little motorbikes with like an arm on them and a polo thing. A fucking polo arm was deadly. It was on like a erg. Oh, our mechanics and the people that thought all this stuff up were brilliant, you know. But this thing, yeah. there was a chain on it basically to stop because if the chain broke, this thing would just rotate around and like 150 <laughs> men an hour and kill you. Do you know what I mean? Jesus. But anyway, whatever it was, but a good game or whatever, and I'm walking away dressed like a prat, and uh, Jeremy says, "Oh, Chris, brilliant game!" And all you know, and I was like, oh, "He knows my name," you know. That was kind of the, the start of it. But yeah, but I, I look back and all that stuff, and they were they really were uh, memories of a, of a lifetime. And there's some funny shit happened during those shows, like some really funny stuff. So uh, yeah, so basically, uh, our our mechanics, we we, we had this crack team of mechanics. Um, 
and their background was WRC and things, you know, and right back to, you know, right back to the Mark Escort days, you know, and these, one of them was, uh, worked with McCray and, you know, um, Ari Vatnin and like some of these, they've literally been mechanics for royalty, you know, motorsport mm. royalty. And they, they, they have a wonderful ability of being able to fix things without the things to fix it, you know, so that's part and parcel of that kind of job. Cable ties and tape. But these guys were also known as the comedy departments because uh, doing that kind of gig or doing that kind of thing can be, it could be, it's a high stress environment, you know, and there's a lot of focus required to do what you're doing. You know, basically Top Gear Live was more or less, you bought a ticket flat knowing what you were getting. You were get, seeing the three guys dick around and some fancy driving. That's a yeah. Simple recipe. Um, but obviously we would have a lot of cars hobbled together um, to, to get us through. And anyway, these guys were brilliant because they, they, they were always praying practical jokes and arsing around and doing whatever, but like they were next level. I mean, they were next level shit. Like there was gags that lasted for months, you know, but we would always, they would be borderline, you know, some of them would be like, oh, is this going to go? <laughs> like they were bad. Some of them were bad. Would they mess with the cars or? Oh, they... often. So like you'd put your foot in your brake pedal and then have the, 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 the squirties, you know, basically duct taped underneath the steering column. So every time you hit your brake pedal, your balls were getting soaked, you know. Oh my God. They'd done that in one of the other presenters once or twice as well. May or may not have went down well. <laughs> but anyway, they were always doing silly shit, you know. But it was brilliant. It was always really, really good crack. And uh, there's, there's, there's a few incidents that spring to mind, but there's one, there was one that was just, it was quality. So we're in, I think it was Brisbane or Melbourne. I can't remember which, but in Australia. time it's like, yeah, we were yeah. in. Just, <laughs> like just the so farthest place possible. possible. I, I, I love Australia. And anyone, any self-respecting car guy has to love Australia. There's only one country that's probably better than us lot at doing donuts and shredding tires. And oh, it's they Australia. Enjoy, they enjoy it. Oh, man, they, okay, they are the kings. They really are. Anyway, we're in Melbourne or Brisbane. We're doing this gig. Or and we're backstage, right? <laughs> but there was <laughs> everywhere you went. So we had obviously our crew that travel and set everything up and whatever. And uh, on the six months, if you like, before we would arrive, they would obviously employ local fixtures and yeah. crew and everything to help with everything out there. And there was this girl, and I can't for the life of me remember her name, but she was stunning, right? She was an absolute gorgeous girl. She was one of the Australian girls working on it. But she was so stuck up, like, no matter how much I said, it wasn't me, it was everybody. She just, you know, she was stunning and she knew it kind of thing. So, of course, the boys were like, we're going to fucking fix her wagon. Are these lads from Northern Ireland? Uh, uh, no, they're, they're not. They're, the mechanics aren't. Uh, there's two brothers. Well, there's four of them, but there was, there was two brothers and Bestie and all. They were great crack. They were honestly, they were the best of crack and they were all good mates. But, like, that's their gags are next level, you know. So, anyway, this girl... They were going to fix her wagon, right? And uh, one day she turned <laughs> up to work. And she was, it was obviously like su saying. summertime in Australia, so she's wearing this floaty dress, you know. And I can see the guys. It was always happening in between times. You couldn't do it during a show because, you know, you can't do anything that may jeopardize the show running yeah. properly. So it's always in rehearsals. There was a lot of rehearsals with uh, Top Gear, which we can touch on in a minute. But anyway, basically I seen them after work and I was like what's happening they're like oh we're going to sort your woman out and I was like right and then I was like what are we doing here so basically what they done was they had an airline running across the floor and they did all tape the floor like it's supposed to be there right but they oh they, they put a hole in it right and then uh, we had these wee fiestas that we do this routine in and um, anyway and these things had limo tent windows you know because it's supposed to be driven by robots there's a big freaking robot with a machine gun hanging outside of them. So the windows are full black limo tent. You can't possibly see in them. Anyway, Andy's sitting, the airline's going in the door, you know, this fiesta in the door. So <laughs> he's sitting in there like, 
<laughs> like an actor for the airline, right? <laughs> so I'm told. I love the, the, how detailed these oh, are. So it's, oh, it's, it's, it's next like, level, I'm telling yeah. you. So I'm told, right, go get your woman. So And they're like, they put an axe in the ground, like, you stand there. <laughs> and I'm like, all right then. And so I go off, do what I'm told, get whatever her name is, bring her out. Like, oh, such and such wants to speak to you. So I come out, stand on my ex, which puts her right bang where they needed her to be. So of course, Andy's sitting in this fiesta, hooks <laughs> up the airline, right? Fucking dress up right here. <laughs> like this. I hear she's standing there in her thong and bra, and like, we're we're just like, oh fuck, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't know it was gonna work so bad, right? Oh my god. So she's went apeshit. I mean, she's fucking went apeshit. Like, Imagine that. I, oh, <laughs> apeshit. So we're we're in between crying with laughter and going, fuck, we're in so much trouble. You're right? the guy that looks the, the worst, like, in the oh, situation. I right, so she runs off to get the organizers. Everyone's scrambling, you know, we're all like, get the fuck out of here. The mechanics are like, well, we can't go anywhere. This is our home, you know, this is where we're we have to be here to do our job so they go off and get Simon this is the Simon if Simon ran all the big shows all Max Power Lives uh, Top Gears Fast and everything Simon's the man that makes it all happen you know a wonderful guy um, him and his wife Sharon but anyway she goes off to get Simon obviously to go you'll not believe her she's off and one but the guys, uh, so Nobby, one of the, um, he basically very quickly rattles up this massive sign, right? And they hang this big sign up. So Simon comes out, like Simon's the big boss, you know, and Simon comes out pen in hand because he's been busy doing like <laughs> all this shit. And he comes out, you know, your woman's trailing behind him. He comes out to give us, like he comes out to rip us a new one. And we're all like, uh, <laughs> you know, we're doing a word look. And literally he starts in the, the boys, like what have you done, whatever. And lay, he, lay, he literally went off in a rant. And Nobby just goes like that, and Simon looks up, and there's this big massive sign, caution, air blasting may occur in this area, please do not wear loose clothing on. <laughs> please I, do not what? I, please do not wear like loose clothing. <laughs> <laughs> and not Simon, like, please don't walk oh, Simon looks at this sign, and what can he do, but he fucking roars laughing, you know what I mean? And of course your girl storms off, and he's just like, you are bad bastards, <laughs> and off he goes. So, uh, but that was just one of many, many, you know, there was many gags that happened and but there, was, there was some there was some fun stuff went down, it really did, you know. But they were, they were never short of, when things were getting tense, it would always be, they would be the department that would keep things moving and, you know, relax everything a bit and whatever. But oh, there, were, there were some funny guys, you know, really are. You said there was a lot of rehearsals. What was that about? Yeah, so uh, how should I put it? So basically, uh, we would have we, we, we before we would launch a world tour. You would go to most likely NEC. We would take a big halt to NEC and we'd spend maybe a month or so there, um, coming up with all the routines and Inside, sorting them yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. So it was, all, it was all generally indoors. Only the festivals were outdoors, right. and um, we would have what you call a fast and a slow floor. Bit like you would compare a track to a rally stage, for example. So if you imagine you go to a different venue, um, the floor, the surface would be different. It would be either more grippy or less grippy. So say for Toxic, you have a four-minute routine. Say you're doing a four-minute routine. The difference in like Earl's Court, for example, Earl's Court was always really, really grippy. It's no longer there, but it used to be super grippy versus the NEC. So over a four-minute sequence, you could be 40, 50, maybe even more seconds out just doing exactly the oh, same really, thing. Yeah. So if you imagine you're in, you know, the guys are in the Focus's RSs or we're in the M3s or whatever we're driving at the time. And uh, yeah, so your point, you know, you're using the full length of the thing. So basically the floor is that grippy. You're, the cars are moving so much faster. So every time we went to a venue, you would load in usually on a Tuesday and then you'd be rehearsing Wednesday, Thursday and Friday for a lunch on the Friday evening. 
So you'd have your first show would be Friday evening, and then you do you know two or three Saturday and two or three Sunday. So basically, yeah, there'd be every single time you turn up for a Top Gear gig, you would have the rehearsals because everything was different. Everything had to be changed. the The crux of the routine would be the same, you know, but yeah. we would maybe have to take a donut out here and take a J turn out there, and to keep it all on schedule with the sound and the lighting and all the yeah. other things, you know. So it was a it was a variance. Extremely, like. extremely involved. Like it, it's it, it. There's honestly it just shows you like the level. The, details the, the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. I'm I saying it's not just like, like car shows. It's yeah. it's everything. You know, concerts and everything else. I've I've worked with some guys um over over the years who are basically backstage crew. Yeah. And like that's their full time gig. You know, and you'd spot them out of especially riggers. You know, riggers uh, turn on shorts. Here. He's a rigger. Always wearing shorts. shorts. Always yeah. lots of tattoos. Steel some boot. mad hairdo. And uh, you can just spot them a mile away. Uh, you know. Steel but, boot uh, and big socks. But great guys, and they're, they're <laughs> experts in their field, and they know what they're doing. And you see them clambering up in the rig, and you're like, yeah, he's getting paid a lot money you know and they're they're brilliant but uh yeah there's so much goes on behind the scenes you know when you go to SSE or wherever you go to to watch something you don't realize just how many oh, the army yeah. of people behind the scenes that have made that load in happen and everything happen you know i always feel like whenever we're working and you've finished your job and you get to the end you're like oh i'm finished and then they wake yeah. up from that's sleeping right. on the box yeah. and then they start ripping it down that's, that, that's like, right there was uh there was one guy uh his nickname was swampy basically we had this we had this set that had these stairs that came down that uh naomi who's shane lynch's brother but naomi was one of our performers and uh later a choreographer for fast uh, but Naomi used to have this custom-built flamethrower outfit, and I guess the thing would shoot flames, you know, 20 foot in the air kind of thing. She had these guns that shot flames out. But she would come down these stairs, you know, as part of the... It was all projected on the screen, the stairs would open, she would come down, and the Porsches would go out on fire and do a thing. But Swampy, when he was building everything uh, back at the staging company, he basically built himself like a secret room. So underneath these steps, he had like a secret room. And uh, of course, there's only a few of us knew about it. You know, none of the bosses knew about it, but he fucking sofa, beer fridge, hammock. <laughs> Irvin built in Can underneath the stage. Oh, it, was, it was class. And he would literally, he would literally be in there <laughs> during a show, like the noise and everything else. Oh, yeah. But just like you say, you know, and then... Come the eleventh hour, boom, up straight out from yeah. behind the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, it's it's great, you know. Yeah. Those guys are great, and the work they do is fantastic. You, know? you were speaking of fast, so after that, was it straight into fast? The so same, same guys then, or to a degree? So basically, uh, we were in. I remember when I first knew about fast. We were in Warsaw. Um, we played in the national stadium in Poland. Um, we talked here a few times. That was that was funny. I think uh, the first year get this number right it was either 67 or 76 thousand people in, in one sitting it was a lot of people and i remember uh because i obviously uh, it's a big arena so sort of that shape, arena shape and we used to have muslim have, would have four entrance points so if you imagine we have a door where we're going in doing the thing coming out and um it'd all be curtained off you know blackout curtains and everything and before show i was like oh you know if, if i remember rightly it was only one big show so it wasn't like all weekend it was just one big massive hit mm. and i decided to sort of have a peek up you, you could do that you could go up and sort of peek through the curtain nobody'd ever see you know people yeah so i peeked out and sort of looked around and I was like jeez there's a lot of people you know and uh, i was like oh, you know, a few of us looked out the curtain and we turned around and walked around and we met jeremy richard james and uh, a guy chris who, who was the um tour director and I sort of said to them jokingly, I was like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And they're like, oh, <laughs> you know, and off they went. They, of course, peeked out the curtain and literally I stood to see the reaction. And they all turned around, all feel fucking head down, chin down. Like, <laughs> they were shitting themselves. And like we later found out, you know, in the green room before the show, they were like, that's a lot of people. They were genuinely, yeah. and they're masters of what they yeah. do. Like they really are, you know. So uh, 
Anyway, so that particular gig, um, I was pulled to one side and I was told that there's a, you know, everything has its lifespan, everything has its shelf life. There's only so long you can do it for. And, you know, Top Gear Live had been on the go for a while, so it was inevitable it was going to wind up soon. This is pre-incident. And, um, yeah, so uh, one of my bosses pulled me to one side, said, look, we're doing a, we're doing a thing it's right up your street. You'd be literally the perfect guy for it. Um, you know, you grew up with the culture and everything else. I can't tell you what it is, but this is what we're doing, you know. So just so you know, there's something in the pipeline. Um, and that was five and a half years before we got signed off. That's how long it took to Holy get shit. everything over the line with Fast. So as you can imagine, with such a big brand and everything else, um, Universal obviously were super protective, of, yeah. and rightly so. Um, so it took an awful lot of work. And uh, during that time, there was more, say, four people really uh, behind the scenes that were working on it, of which I was one of. Um, so yeah, we had an awful lot of work to do. And you know, we were so close, like really keep flying out to LA. And he'd been doing meetings and presentations with boards of directors and shareholders and all this stuff. and. I get a phone call like at midnight on a Friday night, you know, oh, I'm about to go and meet these guys, you know, and he, like Rolly's great, like the world of him, but, you know, he'd be meeting the execs and stuff and he'd be nervous, rightly so, because there's a lot hinging on this, you know. So I'd be like, oh, you know, you got this and it'll be fine and he would do a great job, as he always does. And uh, anyway, after many trips and many meetings. You got signed off? I remember getting the phone call and I was like, shit, now we've actually got to do all this shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, how the fuck are we going to do this? We've <laughs> been waffling for you. But, but, but it, was, it, was, it, was, it was good, yeah. I mean, it was good. It was, it was, a, it was a massive thing. And to be fair, I, I kind of enjoyed the building of it. If, if yeah. that's, I enjoyed the building of it. We, we, we launched in the O2 in London and with Vin Diesel over and everything for it. And um, we done the first show. And I have to say, we done the first show and everyone done a great job. And when it was over... I kind of felt right box tech. I literally, in my head, I sort of had this mental book that was like, job done. Do you know what I mean? Because up until that point, my my rule, if you like, was to get all the vehicles. There was 42 vehicles, so I had to find Jesus. them, get them built and get sorted all, all within a budget. Um, so I had to do that. And then at the same time, it was obviously, you know, you need to get drivers and how you're going to get them and how you're going to get them trained and all. And like, I worked in London Monday to Friday and literally, Come Thursday, you know, Simon and Rolly would be standing behind me going, poking me, like, going, what's happening to the drivers? What's happening to the drivers? And I'd be like, look, we just leave me alone. I've got all these cars to get. And, you know, if you try getting wheels for Honda Civics that are 30 years old, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just yeah, like, yeah. so I'd, I'd be hands full. So the cars as well. I remember actually you were doing one. I wish I went that one in Belfast. It wasn't yeah, Belfast, was we, it? Yeah, we, did. we got it again. I wish it went. But, but uh, uh, did you have the cars in from the movies? Is we, that kinda... we had a few, yeah. So we, I flew out to uh, LA a few times out to Dennis McCarthy, who owns uh, the picture vehicles out there. Um, and Dennis supplies all the cars, not just for fast, but mm. most, well, not all of them, but a lot of big productions in the States and things are globally. Um, so yeah, I sort of started annoying Dennis's head uh, early on in the thing, and you know, built up a bit of a rapport with him, and then eventually out to LA to meet him and get a chat and whatever. So yeah, we bought we had a few, um, yeah, we the we the ramp car or the flip car. Uh, we had the Marchalago. Um, you have the Civics from the first one. The Civics, we didn't have the original Civics, but I'll, I'll, I'll not the original, but you had the. Oh yeah, well, we had them EGs, in the show. Yeah. I and the real, real nice story about them I think actually. The best so cars from I, I actually we, still think they're the best. Obviously, cars. we needed these Civics. You what? know, you love the Civics. Like yeah, that. I do. Like you have to draw the line at some point. So I mean, if we were being like super, super anal about it, I would have wanted left-hand drive Civics, but you can only get them in America, <laughs> and you can't get them. You know, so it was like right, just fucking nobody's going to know. Just get right-hand drive ones. It'll be fine. Just make them look. That's right. 
So we got the cars, which was actually quite hard, because um, as you know, yeah, yeah, yeah like, there is. Yeah. Eventually, gathered up the, the cars, and then of course, let's get the kit. Get and the I mean, I spent weeks. Well, like, yeah. I am not kidding. I spent weeks. It was emails, phone calls, and and amongst trying to get wheels and things that have never been produced for the last twenty yeah, years yeah. and whatever. Um, boys off Gumtree, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know? Yeah, and, and it's, it's Tom funny. might be able to help you out with that. He likes to know how to buy and sell. In, in the very beginning, <laughs> you know, this the whole thing was wrapped up like I don't know how many NDA, you know, non disclosures I signed. Like, and basically, it was the point where if I mentioned the word Fast and Furious, I was fucking going to jail. Do you know what I mean? It was just there was so much red tape involved. And I was started to buy cars, and I couldn't tell people what I was buying cars for. Like, and yeah. Why do you want this? I like the Supra. I bought the Supra, so the Supra was going to be my baby. There was no nobody was getting that car but me. That was my thing, right? And uh, I bought a, a silver non-turbo auto, but it was mint. The car was mint, you know, and that's what I wanted because mm. I didn't want to buy. It. I wanted to start yeah. with yeah, she, yeah. yeah, and then you know, right maker, which is going to be, you know. Which is obviously in keeping with the movie and everything else. I want else. to know what this budget was. Uh, well, I blew the shit out of it on the super. <laughs> I want to know what this budget was. But uh, anyway, so I was buying these cars and I couldn't tell people initially, what, you know, yeah. and then I was having to get the payment from some fucking random company or whatever because we couldn't obviously have Fast and Furious Live Limited, yeah, yeah. you know, because it's yeah, a bit I of a giveaway. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was, there was a lot of stuff to get out. But anyway, I'm trying to find the kits for the Civics. And I don't quite know how I got on it, but I, I stumbled across VIS Racing in LA. I phone these guys, phone everybody else, as well. I felt like you remember that old Yellow Pages ad? Just, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I was like. So I phoned, and this guy answered the phone and told him who it was. And by this stage, I could talk a bit about it. So it was like, this is what I'm doing, and blah, blah, blah. And I need these kits. And I could sort of hear the heart playing in the background, you know, as I'm telling this guy all this. And he's like, oh, my name's Tack. And he says, I supplied all the kits for the original cars in the movie. Like, and I was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. And I was like, oh, can you, can you help? And he was like, yeah. I was like, excellent. And I was sort of waiting for, a, you know, what he was like, oh, yeah, I, I can do it. And I was <laughs> like, like, what's the catch? <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? He was like, no, oh, sounds good. I can do that. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, there's my email address. See you soon. <laughs> so that was it. I got off the phone and I was like, oh, I need to go to LA. And I'm like, book another flight then. So phew, over to LA. Got to, the, got to the place and what had happened in between the week or so it took me to get out the same he discovered that the moles that he used they were quite if I remember this right there was basically an S14 back bumper that was modified for a Honda Civic it wasn't actually a Honda Civic bumper they were very crafty like that because uh, they made the cars all with wee tweaks so to stop people that just people ripping it off mm -hmm. it, yeah. and he had dug out the moles but the moles were destroyed they were sold mm -hmm. So of course he brings me out and they did a wonderful facility in LA, basically a big massive factory where they were obviously warehousing, shipping and all that, but they did a whole section of it where they were producing all this stuff and they've got the big autoclaves and everything and this wee red Honda Civic sitting there. And I was like, oh, it's, he says, oh, he says the molds are broke, so I had to buy a Honda Civic to make your stuff. And I was like, oh, geez, thanks. <laughs> I was like, it's great. You know, he was totally into the whole thing and yeah. ended up, I got, I got a lot of stuff off him. So he, he done a lot of things for us. Um, yeah. Oh, really? So he done a lot. But do they do like just for movies or do no, they No, no, no. They, they're, they're, they're just a... Uh, uh, just car guys? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and awesome. I ended up, I got quite a few bits off him. Uh, like the bonnet on the Supra was actually, it was carbon fibre. Obviously we had to paint it, but it was a genuine carbon fibre and the, the quality of it was first class, I have to say. It was really, really high quality and everything he supplied was great. And then we done the, the GTR, which was... Uh, I'll not say the name, but it was a uh, you know the one from um, was seven I think the the blue one uh, Paul Walker drove in the end with the mad kit. Yeah, don't know if you've ever priced one of them. Holy shit balls! <laughs> <laughs> so our uh, our budget wasn't that big, so uh, I had to find a way of doing that, and yeah, he he found a way. And long story short, the guy who actually makes the proper one uh, done it as a homer for me. 
like in Japan, and then I had to go to America, and then overdose, and yeah. So it was great, you know. It was a, it was a real, uh, it was an adventure building it all, you know. Yeah. And, and once I remember uh, the last car I bought was uh, S two thousand donor car, and I got that from Snedderton. Um, and or we were getting company vehicles, but they weren't in at the time. And Simon, you know, the whole way through all this journey, Simon's been there somewhere, and uh, Simon had this week course van. So I'm driving around like more or less not an open checkbook, but I have a shitload of money to spend <laughs> buying all these cars. And this we clapped out Corsa Van, but I love the wee Corsa Van. It was class. But I went all the way up from London up to Snetterton and I uh, got done a deal with a guy for a rolling shell, a rolling chassis for an S2000, and that was the last car. And basically, I'd sort of give them a rough. I was like, I'll buy the last car on such and such a date, and boom, we were late starting, and I, I got it for like literally a, a day to spare. Last car bought, sorted, and that included all the stuff coming from America. There was a lot of stuff to come. Was from that America. the S2K out of the first one? Uh, too fast if you're a second one. Oh, sorry. So, yeah. Did, Jesse, uh, did Jesse's... Uh... Oh, Jada didn't make the cut. Uh. <laughs> it's like, what are we going to do with that? There's no brakes. We'll not no, use it. That's what I was going to ask. Did it have brakes? So, no, Jada didn't make the cut. But, uh, yeah, last 2000 was the last one. But there was, there was so much work and there were so many people involved. And, uh, like, it was, it was super stressful. And, you know, I have, don't get me wrong, glad it happened. And we are very proud of everyone that was involved in it and everything mm. else. But, sadly, it wound up a bit earlier than it should have. Uh, how but, how long know. was the run? Uh, we ran for I think seven months, but that's not including rehearsals. So we had a lot of rehearsals, and yeah. the, the rehearsals were great because we, we basically we wanted somewhere um, private and somewhere where we could do our thing. And we ended up uh, doing a deal with the MOD, and we got onto a live army base, um, Kendrew. And it was class because you were coming into work every day, and there was like a tank or Apaches flying about, and I was like, "Oh, it's cool." <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's, I'm a, of course, there's a runway, you know. And I, the, the guy who we were dating with, uh, Richard, lovely, lovely guy, and I was like, "Oh, it's crack with a runway," and he's like, "No." Yeah. Uh, but you know, and he's like, mm, "No," and then eventually that sort of was like, as long as I don't hear about it, <laughs> so I was like, "Right, dead on." <laughs> so you down the runway, you know, and that's actually where the guys do Vmax. They moved it, so VMAX is actually there now, so oh, that's okay. how big the runway is, you know, and we had a lot of fun on that runway, I can tell you. But, uh, yeah, it was great. So we sort of, and once I got the cars bought and everything, it was concentrating the drivers and figure out how to get that. And So we, we had a 16-week uh, training, stroke rehearsals, if you like. Um, so 16 weeks, basically, Monday And was Friday, it mainly just in the UK, that one? That, oh, that was just the rehearsals so before no, we I mean, launched. Sorry, the, the actual... No, no, no. It was we only we only done London. We opened in the O2, and then that was it. We done. Uh, then we eventually came back, and we done like uh, Liverpool, um, Newcastle, Manchester, Belfast, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, yeah, we were off into Europe and everything, and then oh, in okay, Paris yeah. for the last one. Yeah, so we wound up in Paris, the Accor Arena in Paris. I always remember. Remember that story you told me about the tires? You had to get custom tires. Oh, that was a nightmare, right? So this this guy really, his good friend, he won't mind me saying this because I've said it to his face often enough. <laughs> he 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 would basically go to these meetings, and you know, we'd be like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. And then, like, he flew off to LA, and he got to see a preview of it, you know, before it was even before it was even finished in the edit. He'd seen it, you know. But I mean, he's put in a room, no phones, no you know, locked in a room, basically with an exec going watch this. So he's went and seen it before, like, it's even finished. I hadn't finished the edit. He comes back and he's like, beep beep, on the phone. He's like, come in and see me. And he beep beep, same, come in and see me. So me and Sam sitting down there, and he goes, right. So I've seen the movie, and you know, we need to add the movie and our show because by the time we launch, you know, the movie will be out and blah blah blah. Okay, and he's like, so right. The scene we're going to do, there's this submarine, and I'm sitting looking at Simon. <laughs> and he's like, I want the submarine to come out of the floor, and I want this to happen. And I'm like, for fuck's sake. And you know what I mean? And then it's 
C'est nos civics. Ah, the civics box off, but, but done that. that we'd we'd rattle through all these things, you know. What and I mean? now we have a submarine. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, did that. you have the world's longest? Because runway? I know how this works. I know <laughs> I have to leave that office now and then go to Simon's office. And what actually happened that day, right? So he goes on and he, he was having a bad day. He was a bit grumpy. So he's quite serious about the whole thing. And he's like, I want the submarine to do this, and I want the rocket to fly, and I want the Lamborghini, and I want the snowmobiles. And I'm like, oh, and you're okay. Like, you do realize yeah. we're doing this. Oh, like a, no, you don't. You don't yeah. say anything. You just go, oh. yep. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And then we got out and we walked in the Simon's office and I remember basically Simon had his only office and my desk was the back of it but anyway I walked and sat in Simon's office and two of us looked at each other and literally burst out laughing <laughs> <laughs> we were just like what the fuck are you? what's he smoking <laughs> do you know what I mean so we were like how the fuck are we going to make a submarine that works <laughs> do you know what I mean but yeah that was just one of many hurdles and the, like, you touched on the tyres so part of the show projector in the end was it so basically what we had was most shows you project onto a background and you might have some funky lights on the floor and that's about the height of it but we we were taking things next level so first time ever this was going to happen uh there was a really famous i can't remember what the occasion was but there was a famous thing whenever uh it was either big ben or the houses of parliament or buckingham palace something was projected onto yeah and it was done it was amazing it was really really impressive of course, he'd seen that, so that's you know that's where it opens this can of worms. <laughs> and he decided, right, what we're going to do is we're going to project onto the set and also the floor, and we're going to have it all stitched in. So if you imagine in the truck house scene, the floor and the set are moving. So basically, the whole thing's moving. Um, and like in the Tokyo Drift scene, the guys would drift around, and then they would go up a floor. You know, so you're eventually ending up as per the movie. You know, top of the car park. Um, but yeah, the, the the problem with this was you have to project the floor black tires leave marks you know so obviously you go out and do a thing and it washes out the projection you can't see it because eventually the floor will just be covered in black marks so i'm sitting in this board meeting right <laughs> and i've just flew in or whatever it's a monday and i'm tired and anyway because i you, you this god love my wife like i was going home and basically you're falling asleep or working the whole weekend i'm only, I'm only home the weekends but anyway i'm sitting there anyway in this board meeting and there's a discussion around this and He's like, right, well, we'll have to get no market tires. And I swear my head hit the desk. <laughs> and I just like, for fuck's sake. And I put my hand up, you know, and I'm like, you know, there's a reason my tires are black. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And he, he's like, why? And we got into it. And uh, I just, he's like, well, you, you just have to find tires that don't work. He says, I've seen them on a forklift before. And off he walks. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, you know. <laughs> So I, got a good point. I, I, I've, I've spent years working with, <laughs> yeah, I've spent years working with tire companies, right? And uh, of course, I hit the phone, and you know, some of them, I'll not mention names, but some of them laughed, laughed hung up on me. Like, yeah. Some of them were like, "Well, we could probably do that, but it would cost so much. We're not interested." And blah blah blah. And anyway, phone Nankang, and uh, they were like, "Come and have the meeting." And I went and had the meeting, and I walked outside. And the guys in that kind won't mind me saying this, but I literally looked at Rolly and I was like, there's more fucking chance of me making these tires than them, right? So we got in the van and pissed off. Or I know, but this stage of the Hilux, I had a left-hand drive Hilux. <laughs> Thank you, Toyota. And I loved it because a lot of the stuff that was coming from America, well, all the stuff from America was left-hand drive. So everyone couldn't figure out because we'd also done a deal with Mitsubishi and we had these new Mitsubishi trucks. But I wanted my Hilux. And everyone was like, why are you driving around in that left-hand drive Hilux? Belgian registered and everything, all around London. And of course, the mechanics, same mechanics, they're like, oh, Bernie's not so slow. And they're like, well, what's he doing? He's, like, He's getting used to spend as much seat time as possible in the left hand drive. Yeah, so. But anyway, uh, so uh, yeah, we uh, headed off back to London, got a phone call a couple of days later from um, the guy that owns Nankang in Taiwan, his daughter, Janet. Jesus. She phones up and was like, we've got some tires. What's your email address? And I'm like, okay. So I sent her my email address and fucking boom, video links come over and I'm watching these videos going. Nah. Basically, they just got a drift car. Someone knew they got a drift car, a bit of concrete, fire these tires on. 
He's sliding around, smoking the tubes everywhere. I'm looking at the ground going, there's no black marks. Yeah. Hmm, this is interesting. I was back on the email. Yeah, that looks good. You know, can you get me a sample? So whoever, uh, whatever courier company, anyway, a couple of days later, I'm standing there with four tires. I wanted to make sure they worked. So we had this rear-wheel drive R35 GTR. She could smoke the tubes. So I was like, get them on that thing. I ordered the size for the GTR. And we, we, we booked a place to go and test it, and uh, yeah, uh, they worked, and they worked really, really well. They, they, what, what they actually done was almost clean it, because the, rather than leaving a black mark, they, they left no mark, or if you like, it was almost like an eraser, a pencil. How, do you know how that works, or...? I do. I, I, I'll not get in there because it's all their copyright and everything else. But it, it, it was the first time it's ever happened. So explain in the world. what first of all why it leaves. A little basically, so the, the, it just comes um, off and then. I feel like I should have done homework now for this because I knew all this. Why I'm interested in it? Like, I, I don't think I asked you that the there's first a, time. There's a component in tires. It's carbon black. I think it's called, and it's, a, it's it's an important component, and it adds durability and everything else. Right. So it's the thing that makes them last. If they didn't have this, they would basically be soft and they'd last no okay. time at all. And because of it, it keeps the pigments black, you know, it's just tires are black and that's all there is to it. And obviously we've seen over recent years, uh, companies that put a compound in it that let it emit different colored smoke. Yeah. But nobody's ever figured out how to do without leaving marks, you know. So, so the engineering uh, prowess that they've basically come up with eventually could lead to tires that are colored and everything else that aren't gonna leave any marks because what they can really do is tweak the tweak what they're done. And I mean, I spoke to everyone, like I'm not mentioning names, but I spoke to everyone. I mean, every tire company really? you can think of, I called them. And they just didn't even, Nankang's not one of the not one of the bigger. It's ones. not, but you know what? And, and that's, that's probably why. That's though. why. That's yeah. exactly yeah. why. Because they were small enough to want to have a go at it. If you know yeah. what I mean. And like they done something with some. Still got the, the passion for it. Yeah, as well, yeah, yeah, very, very much. It's very much. Pencil like, pushers, like yeah. car scene. Like people say Nankang or ditch finders, and like they're awful. But they're, Aye, but they're the, like they can make a non-marking tire. It's like I showed you. But like any company, they've got their high-end stuff too. You know what I mean? Obviously, you know, get what you pay for. You know, but yeah, they're very capable of making you know good stuff as well. Surely tires. Our tires, realistically, like nope. a, a, no, 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 no. What do you drive? Uh, a Civic Green. Let <laughs> <laughs> me in your case, but <laughs> if you had like an M3 or something, you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I'm, they're very much not. They're very much not. Like I, one thing I maintain is, is good tires. I'm never done telling my dad this. He buys second well, tires. Go, and like I drive his car. And the last time I drove his car, near put it over the hedge, and I then I discovered his tires. Well, like I definitely know the difference, but what I mean is like they can make a good tire. They're, oh, yeah. cho they're choosing to make you know cheaper tires to sell into the cheaper market, realistically. Yeah, but it's uh, you... a guy I know who's a car dealer and has been all his life. He doesn't sell anything over five grand. And I remember him asking, me asking him one day when I was a kid. I was like, you know, and he's like, Chris. He says there's more people running around with five grand spending a car than there is fifty grand a car. So he sells volume rather than you know. Yeah, and I guess yeah. that's why any company does what they do. You Absolutely. Know, focusing, yeah. You know. So, but yeah, they 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 done a great job and they done these tires and like I basically done a. So the tire uh, itself is still black though, yeah? If you put it, you, you would think it is, but if you put it beside a traditional tire, yeah. you would see it's just not quite black. Okay. It, it was black, but not black black. It was like a gray black, if you know what I mean, to look at. So you, you couldn't really tell without, uh, and then obviously there was a thing because it had all the markings on the sidewalls and everything else per normal. Like but smoking out of them, like oh normal? yeah, oh it did, it did. Now, the first, the you first, need the smoke, I suppose, definitely. The, yeah. you, you do, but the first batch, there was a, um, the first batch was a, the smoke that came off him wasn't great and that basically I was driving my mask do you know what I mean because like 
cut the eyes out of you or whatever they, they'd done. So they tweaked the compounds and tweaked things a bit, and then That's eventually great. we got it and had it nailed, you know. But fair play, they've done, they done a great cool. job. Did they end up um, selling that tarp anyway? They can't, it's not for obviously not for road use, not you know. For, so yeah, it's yeah, it, yeah. It, it, to get it to the point where it would be suitable for the road would require millions of, oh, yeah. Okay. So, but I mean, they, they've obviously they've copyrighted and everything else, they've got it, you know, they've got locked in. Um, and so if there ever is time for it, they're yeah, like, we can't, yeah, they, 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 you know, so yeah. and I have to say they've been great about it, and like I still I'm still in touch with them to this day. You know, like anything is we touched on at the very beginning. Car culture, everyone's yeah, best yeah. friends. You know, well, you 20, really 20 years ago you drifted around that tree. My one and not left the black. It's actually more than twenty years ago. It would be twenty. Like I'm just saying twenty years. years ago. Ago. Oh, but I'm just still thinking, fuck, I'm old, man. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, so uh, and the other yeah the other thing obviously you know uh, with drifting being so popular and everything uh, finding venues. So all of a sudden, if you can rock up to a venue and see him, you know, yeah, it doesn't make work. Like, yeah, so absolutely. Oh, well, right enough. The guys at uh, Alt Race in Poland, they um, have to clean theirs off every mm. single time. Yeah. And, and, which isn't always a great success, you know. Yeah. yeah. I've stood there with the power washer and it doesn't always work. <coughs> well, outside, like. What are, you what are you talking? No, about? sorry. <laughs> Speaking of outside, you arrived in a van today. Fucking ready today. <laughs> <laughs> What's that all about? <laughs> Well, you know what happens when I get a car anywhere near you. Do it, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> yeah, because you have an. But you kind of have to after your record of what you do. You can't just like, oh, I can't do it. Well, it's like, are you, why are you surprised that I say this? <laughs> I, I, the last time I was anywhere near you in my car, we were at. Uh, we should probably yeah. We should probably explain how we know each other, how we first met. Yeah, okay, then you, 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 you start that. <laughs> well, it was uh, we were down doing the spare wheels. Um, shit for my car and Ryan's car, mm -hmm. and. Uh, it was right at the end of the shit, wasn't it? And we were just doing a couple of runs, very gently, may I add, up and down the... Bullshit. The, up, and, up and down the uh, runway. Yeah. And like, I was just stopped, casually stopped to the side. We were finished, and this Hylian comes in in another M3. Now there's three of us. And he just starts doing hoops around my M3. Why were you stopped, Adam? <laughs> no, I think that was... Uh, was that before or was it after? I don't remember now. Do you want to tell everyone about your stuff? <laughs> I may have uh, exploded both my back tyres, no, I mean, delaminated very, them. Very, very What tyres were they? Toyo Proxy. Were they uh, not cups? Cups, yeah. <laughs> Michelin cups, like the really dear ones. Oh, no, yeah, 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 they were. They're Michelin cups, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, we're at... They delaminated. Uh, why do, I still don't understand to this day why they delaminated. Because they're a track-orientated tyre, yeah, sure so they're they a softer do. compound. Yeah, uh, well, they're so made for heat. Yeah, when you get the heat in them, doing what you're doing, just the delaminate, because they're like super grippy. I, I just remember doing a... a I just remember you sliding past me with a big chunk of rubber flying up there. Going, I just oh. did I did a drift from one side <laughs> And then it made me other. laugh whenever you told me they were only like two weeks old or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I genuinely were about two weeks old. Yeah, so... You, and then Ryan very kindly lent me his uh, wheels. Yeah, I had a screw them on to get you home again. Uh, I was uh, yeah, so obviously I've known uh, Ryan and the guys down there for many many years, and a scene on your social or someone's social is rat something. So I text Ryan, I was like, "What's going on there?" And he's like, "Oh, we're doing a photo shoot." He's like, "Sure, pop down if you're." And I was like, "Oh, nice summer evening." And Runs like, oh, to the M3. I'll finish my dinner. I'll take a wee nip down. No problem. So off I went and. As you say, you were going up and down the runway. At that time, quite slowly, we were tracking vehicle, doing your shots uh, and all, which, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a really cool shoot. Your car and Ryan's car, and I just got mine. And, uh, yeah, you were doing, well, sorry, you were trying to do donuts. And, we um, trying. <laughs> still trying. Still trying, definitely. Yeah, so uh, I decided to uh, 
Uh, before I drove there, I just like to say, before I drove there, I spent the 20, 25 minutes it took me to get there going, don't Talking do, to yourself like Be no, a good boy. No, be a good boy. You're going to do boy. it like. Oh, well, I really was Can you wasn't. teach me how to do that? I really wasn't. I really, really <laughs> wasn't. And you were going up and down and then you two started arsing around and I'm standing there with Neville, um, who's obviously now a colleague, and I'm standing on the, or sitting in the wee wall watching you. Neville's like, oh, you, and, like, and, like, and he's like, are you going to go? And I was like, serious? And he goes, yeah. And he's like, yeah. I get in, show us that fucking traction off, bush out on the runway. So I, you done, you you done your thing, and uh, I, no matter how hard I tried, I was like, right, uh, fuck it. So I just went in and uh, done a few circles around you. Which they were was pretty. Quite funny. They were pretty damn close. It uh, wasn't that close. Uh, I, I, I can go closer, but I watched your face and I was like, I better not go closer. <laughs> so it wasn't that close. It was, you know, maybe that much in it, but I, I, I can. <laughs> I can go that close if needs be, uh, you know, the four corners. It very, it was very your impressive. face is getting less and less impressive. Every well, time I was, I, who is this? We Well, we knew of each other, yeah. but we hadn't met. So, yeah. so he's let me stand there going, who's this? Right, the car was stopped in the middle of the runway, right? And he literally just came in and just went into a drift around my car with us standing beside my car. We never even signed the car before. Like, we just got it. This he just appeared, and I was like, "What?" The? And then someone—I'm pretty sure someone went, "That's the stick." <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen. I'm not for the record. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And then did you, did you ever hear the? So yeah, I done a few circles around you, uh, and they were perfect circles. But did you ever hear the story of that? No. No, you. you yeah, actually, I heard there was this a bit of commotion. Priceless, right? this we picked priceless. up some tire marks, yeah. uh, tire uh, exploded tire. Uh, we did, uh, and then eventually we got yours bolted on. You went home, and I went home, and all was well with the world. But then two days later, I get this message from Ryan, and it's basically like "f you," and I'm like, oh, "It's a bit rash." I said, "What have I done?" <laughs> you know, what I mean? and I text him back, "What's up?" And he's like, we got in trouble. He says, I had to go buy a load of brushes and we spent the day trying to scroll. I was like, well, hang on a minute. Now, I says, I wasn't the only guilty party. And I said, Do you know what I mean? Let's just clarify that. And he goes, no, 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 you don't get it. And I'm like, get what? And it was a very important, well, I'll say who it was, but there was a very important visitor uh, flying into this particular airport. And... Uh, Royalty, actually, and uh, yeah, basically uh, the report were freaking out about getting these marks off the runway, which I would like to just clarify, I wasn't solely responsible for. <laughs> so there okay? well, Ryan was doing a few. Well, it was kind of just over at the side of the runway, really. I mean, Ryan, Ryan was doing a few too, was he not? Uh, it was all of us. You know I work for Ryan now, so I have to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody well, that was me trying to like the That was me trying to be like it was him. All right, Ryan. Ryan. Uh, no, uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I gave messages and blah blah blah, and I spent a day. Obviously, didn't work out. You know, you're never runway Michelin's. That's not coming off. Do you know what I mean? So we let an important visitor coming. And who was it? Uh, it, was a, it was a royal figure. Obviously, someone who was really impressed. I by really want to know. Who they were like, well, well, sure well, the funny bit of what happened is basically the pilot came flying in in the helicopter, sees you know a landing circle and put the chopper right down bang in the middle of the circles <laughs> really <laughs> he assumed that it was actually you Everyone know a painted here can i just say because i can't do a perfect circle so uh, that was definitely well, you, you, uh, well that bit may have me and may not have been me but yeah there was there was that Mine looked like the circle apparently I, I didn't see it obviously i wasn't there but yeah the guys were and seemingly just swooped in the chopper and, oh there's the landing circle well set her down there just drop probably her right, the right, h that you did in the middle of it <laughs> 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 is it weird it's in black paint not white these times 
say, uh, one of the guys, uh, Ben and work there, he, he really obviously knew he was coming here today and he played, you know, your video uh, from that night or whatever. And I actually forgot that Adam, because Adam's done a really funny voiceover and that, you can link it up or whatever, but Adam's, Adam mentions about the, you know, not yeah. getting used to the road me against. very funny. I was giggling, coming up the road, thinking about it. He, yeah. uh, so did you do any more like uh, trouble over that or was that okay? Did he, did, was everything forgiven in the end or? By who? The guy that owns the runway. He doesn't know who does. <laughs> no, does I really hope he doesn't listen to that. Does he not know who did it? <laughs> does he not know who did it? I was actually speaking to him today, but that's a different story. Oh, Jesus. So look at this camera. That was, oh. that was fun. And, uh, funny, that's the old one and only time I've ever... So that's before. why you didn't drive your M3 up here? I didn't, uh, yeah, because I knew right name. So when I come here, that's off the public highway. May I add, and I know... Uh, He's well, I've videos. got mine. I might be old, happens, but I'm a big child like, at heart. Like, and yeah. you guys, I'm not very good with peer pressure. And, I've you know, got mine sitting out there. I'll oh, smoke the tires off yours ago. Needs you tires no, it's, uh, I knew, yeah, it was a bad idea. So I was like, I'm bringing my van. Because that means I can't do anything. So I brought my van. Oh, it's my van. Yeah. van but I brought my van. Do you like a yeah, Civic or a Clio? Kind of <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, well, the training cars are fast for Civics. And those, we, 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 oh, this is funny. And this, people will be able to relate from over here. So, uh, during the whole training car thing, it was like, there's your budget. And I was like, right. And then, like, how many, you suppose you're going to buy M3s, you know, you love BMs. And I was like, well, I'm buying two. I was like, I need more money than this. Do you know what I mean? They're like, that's your lot. So I was like, fuck's sake, what am I going to buy? And I had to think, and I had to think. And then I was like, right, the modern day twin cam, which obviously. IS200. Boom. <laughs> so I said to the mechanics, I need to buy an IS200. And literally, they laughed their balls off. They were like, he's a fucking dickhead. And so anyway, well, right, right, so I, exactly. So I, of course, I'm getting laughed at your directors and producers, and everyone's like, hey, fucking. He's so Irish, he wants to buy a twin or an IS200, you know, so I'm like, well, I haven't got any more money to buy anything else. I need IS200, so we're like, right, well, go get one then. So I bought one, which was affectionately named uh, Betty. Um, and I got it, and I remember I was going to, uh, I was at Farnham Airfield, um, we we're, were looking at venues to do the training, and that's where Lewis parks his jet, and um, anyway, all the execs were out from the airport, so I'm trying to, you know, Jazz them up about the whole thing. If give them the had a whole speed down to fine art with the stage and say, like, oh, you want a passenger run? So then they get and I'm hammering around this bloody. I was like shell grip parts of it, you know. But I'm in an S two hundred standard S two hundred, giving it absolute death. <laughs> I mean death. It's going nowhere. Yeah, they haven't got a lot of poke. Let's no. face it, you know. But they're a great car. But anyway, I'm giving this thing death, and I do a couple of runs and a pull up, and Andy or mechanic or. I've worked with Andy for years. He's, he, he knows me to a fine art. Like he built the super and everything, and he wouldn't even let me sit in it until. Like to adjust the seat or nothing, I wasn't allowed to sit in it until he was happy with it, you know. And like the minute I got in, it was that car was more or less built for me, and it was literally like putting on a tailored suit, seat, everything, bang on position, you know. So great mechanic, but yeah. Anyway, I pulled up a seat, Andy, and he leans in the window and he's like, uh, Burnton, and again, he goes, uh, How long is that oil leaping on for? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> so with a big, big six car transporter there and put it in the back, and I was going to uh, Garage D, so I know, I'm sure many people know Garage D, yes, Julian Smith known Julian for a lifetime, so he was doing bits and pieces for me. Rocks up at Garrett's D, big, lovely big uh, six car transporter, Actros, you know, usually does F1 work, but anyway, I roll up, pull the door down, Julian's like, oh, Alexis, <laughs> class there, great then, you'll never blow it, and I was like, well, funny story, Julian, <laughs> you'll not believe it. Anyway, the boys, the mechanics just say they're, they're very talented guys, and they pulled it apart, and they found a bit of a flaw in the oil pickup. So basically, fine food and donuts and stuff, but when you get a bit of speed on the standard cars, you're starving yourself of oil, so they modified the baffles and everything in the sump, and 
we put on smaller tires and give it as much camera as we could and they'd done their adjustments and they were struggling to spin both ways all the time so we dropped the ATF fluid out and or dropped the diff fluid out and replaced it with ATF lighter oil helps it lock up and things and basically they done the tweaks to the car and we got it working oh she was she was the yoke big sticker in the back oh, of the yes, book yes. fat but anyway we, we ended up with Tenel and uh, <laughs> as you do <laughs> I loved it and, and you know, um, do you know what it was as the whole thing went on like as the whole thing went on everybody grew to love these cars they were like the unsung heroes you know they really were and then it was time we'd got all our show cars but see getting everyone out of the Lexus into the actual show cars I was like oh don't drive it in case of damage it or something you know, it was like, the we're rehearsing the Lexus again those cars got death and I remember we were on the floor in the O2 on the opening night and we basically best stage were sold but we kept to because uh, we were going to do like press things and whatever and we didn't want to break the cars so we used the Lexus and again like literally the night of our opening you know an hour or two before the doors opened to get everyone in Lexus out smoking around the O2 and oh they're heroes they were heroes and do you know what most of them are still on the go today they're probably still going a lot of the drift schools I know the one at Rockingham stuff they picked up a few of them and they're still going because I know a few people that drive them but they're still going Like and those cars were Monday to Friday I talked to Andy Cooper from RMS I talked to Andy and get one and I swear to God I got bombarded with text messages for about a Solid month going, this thing's shit, this thing's slow, this thing's. Do you know, I was like, you're not doing it right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Obviously, Andy's a great driver, but anyway. He sold his, he got fed up, and I was like, no, no, don't, don't do that. You know, that's not what they're for. They're for they're for doing circles. Yeah, you're never gonna hook third or fourth in this well, no. maybe, but you maybe get third, but you're certainly not gonna smoke the tubes in fourth, you know. Definitely not. But uh great, great cars, great cars. That's crazy. Um so I wanted to actually talk about this at the start, but Stunt car driver, you were recently in what was it? Six Underground. Oh, six Underground, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we'll we'll put fast in the in the we'll fold the page over. So yeah, it was all done on dusters. Well, fast um, as much the same as t- Top Gear. It, it, was, live, it, was, wasn't it? it was it was different. Traveling around. Yeah, and, it was the same idea. Turn 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 the world with an, an arena show. Um, a bit a bit, bit different because it was very much uh, it was very regulated. Whereas parts of Top Gear Live or uh, a bit more freestyle, if you yeah. know what I mean. As I say, I mentioned before, we had to do all the adjustments and then we would have a lot of supercars. And so every time, every venue would have new supercars and um, myself and a few other guys would get those gathered up. So you'd always something to look forward to. You'd always something different. There was a variance to every show. And it, it was different, whereas yeah. Fast was very much Groundhog Day. You know, it was like literally got to the point where it was like, well, you know, you'd literally be in an arena and forget what city you're in, kind of thing. Um, and I don't mean that in any sort of uh, pompous way. It was just you were traveling in and out, in and out every week. You know, it was very sort of hard to, f- you, you forget, you know, you, you just, your yeah. mind to be focused on other things. So it, it was different. And as I say, for me, when we finished in the O2, everything, the cars, it works, the mechanics done a great job. Everyone had done a great job. Absolutely everybody done a great job. And the drivers all done, they couldn't could have done better, you know, and that was like my department was the cars and the drivers. Yeah. You know, obviously the mechanics were looking after the mechanical side of things, but my was getting the aesthetics and all the parts and then getting the drivers trained and, um, Building the routines with uh, Colin and Naomi, the choreographers, and there was a little, so much to do. Like it was, it was so so. The reality is, we needed another six months. Like I remember um, the director of Cirque du Soleil coming to watch us rehearse, and he he basically asked Roly what the stand up time was, and then he told him, and he was like, "You need another six months, or you'd like to have had another six months." But the thing, it it just it morphed into this big massive machine, and we had to get it out the door. Um, and it just it couldn't have gone better, you know. I have to say it was like the most stressful environment ever, you know. And we had a premiere that night, and there was a red carpet job, and there was a load of celebs and all. And 
you know, myself and many of the guys are going off oh, bad tux or rent a tux. So, like, anyway, <laughs> Mr. Suter sorted me out in Belfast here and anyway, and I haven't worn it since, but there we go. So, yeah, but it was a whole big thing, you know, red carpet, media, everything. Uh, and then we'd done the show and I say the guys all nailed it, they couldn't have done better. So, once that was done, for me, it was like, I'd done the whole Top Gear thing and toured all Europe and the only thing I really, what I'd done that for was I wanted to do America. I've obviously been to America, but I have this sort of dream of doing stuff in America, you know, yeah. zigzagging across the place or seeing a bit of Canada too and things. And this was supposed to open the door for me to do that. The plan was we'll get the show up and running. And get America to do it? Well, we, we eventually were going to the States, but also there was a, a talk of maybe doing a um, theme park. You know, oh, for really, Universal. Yeah. So the, the idea would have been we would have got to the point where the show was up and running, and we all learned different routines. So if anyone was sick or whatever, you could slot into another routine. Um, so yeah, the idea would have been we would have been on the road for six months to a year, and then everyone would have been gone Kushti, and then myself and some of the core guys would have went over to LA or wherever and done an install, which would have kept me out there for a year or two, which was the dream. But yep, it was done and dusted. So anyway, it's all done, and it's like shit. What are we going to do now? And uh, there's a guy, um, one of the guys that drove for me, uh, Sebastian, a uh, great guy from France, him and his father have been doing movies and stuff for years. Uh, there's another guy who, when I was building the team, I kept trying to see him when I was in LA, a guy called Brett Smurs. Um, and Brett is one of the best drivers. Uh, the best driver I've ever seen is a guy called Sam Bowden from this country. Sam is, anyone who's anyway involved with auto testing is going to know instantly who Sam is. Like Sam's, I can't tell you how he makes a car move. He can make a car float like nobody else, you know, everything's effortless. Um, but certainly uh, this guy, Brett, Brett's a great driver. Um, and he's overcome an obstacle in that when he was a kid, he had a terrible accident, which lost half his leg. Um, so he, he's he's a remarkable guy, lovely guy. And I, I mean, he is a good driver, a real good driver. So I, every time I was in LA, I kept trying to hook up with him, but he was away shooting, doing whatever. And so I found myself sort of in a position where I was a bit stuck and, um, between Seb and his father and then Brett's dad was a stunt coordinator or whatever, I got a phone call out of the blue going, doing a movie, fans coming out deadly? And I was like, definitely. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm I was there, like, okay. Yeah, I was like, I'm on the way. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah, out deadly. Um, <coughs> it was six underground, uh, Michael Bay was the director. Uh, I was a big fan of Bay's work, but I heard in the grapevine, you know, he's, you know, he, he's, uh, how should put it? A bit of a dick. Uh, no, no, I wouldn't say that. But he, he's demanding. Demanding okay. is the, maybe the, the word. Um, and yeah, I turned up and it was real funny. So I, I, I arrived on a Friday, I think. Um, production stops over the weekend, so I got there Friday morning, whatever. And like, there's so many talented people there. It was, it was incredible to, to see. Um, and then the call sheet came out on Sunday night, and James Dean's on. Like James is coming. I was like, Jesus, we must be doing some cool shit tomorrow. It must be some, you know, hundred men in our drift action going on. I was like, it's class. So I reports the wardrobe at like four in the morning. Movie works really, really hard work. Like really hard work. And I don't mean even for stunt people. I mean the unsung heroes of movie work, from what I can tell, are the wardrobe and the makeup people. Like those guys and girls get by on two or three hours of sleep every night, Monday to Friday. You know, come Friday evening, there's always a bit of a uh, let your hair down session, if you like, uh, go in the pub or something. And like they're blocked in five minutes. Because they, they, they literally had four hours sleep the entire week, you know. But anyway, I turn, I, I turns up at wardrobe and they're like, Chris, and then again, they're like, right, you're a policeman. And like, Fair enough. So I get dressed up as a policeman. And the next thing, say James turns up and uh, he's like, why the fuck are you dressed as a policeman? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and basically, long short of it was they wanted him to do donuts in the alpha around a camera. But 
it was a left-hand drive alpha, he's going right-hand down, which means it would be difficult for him to see the camera. And it was just really expensive camera on the ground. Yeah. It obviously doesn't want to run over. Um, so James and I had a bit of a chat, and we're like, right, fucking, I'll stand in the middle. We're pretend we're kids again. You know, you do donuts, Remy. So we go over to Michael, and I haven't spoke to Michael yet. And uh, Michael, and, you know, he comes over, and he's like, you, James, and James again. He's like, you, Chris, and so James sort of, explains and uh james i don't know if you know james or you met him he's a lovely guy real nice guy really well mannered guy but he explains in as nice as possible way that he's a bit worried about seeing the camera it's not that he can't do his job because we all know how good he is um so basically he's like chris and i've concocted this plan between us he's dressed as a policeman kind of fits with the storyline he's going to stand there and like try and chase me and i'm going to do a donut around him and michael bay looks at me as if i'm fucking nuts <laughs> and, you know he's like you see, that sounds really dangerous and i'm like nah we've Grew up no, doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, no way yeah. yeah. So off we do, we do the thing. It didn't make the final cut, but that was, yeah, first morning, first shoot, uh, where I'm clearly seen on camera, which you call established. Uh, and yeah, it winds up with James drifting off in the alpha and me running after him like a lunatic. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but it was funny. It was just funny because like, James was standing there going, why the fuck are you just to be? Why aren't you in a car? Because there's other cars and everything. And like it wasn't just me, there was like some really big names were there. It was uh, Mark Higgins was there, uh, Lloyd Bass, was a great stunt driver was there. Um, there's some of the guys from Spain and Italy who are like world class. It was like a bit of a crucible of talent, if you know what I mean. And what they basically done was they kind of, I think they got too many heavy hitters in, but they wanted them there in case people either got injured and had to go or I don't know. But there was yeah. a lot of us there. Um, and it was weeks before we got near a car. We were one point Higgins pushing a pram down the street and I'm sitting on a motorbike or something. And we're doing all anything but driving, you know, and that's what really, we do. Yeah. But it was brilliant, I have to say. I really, really enjoyed it. And the crew and the team and like movie, a big production I got. There's maybe two thousand people working on it. Yeah, it's crazy. And yeah. uh, it, it's 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 it was it was fun, absolutely fantastic. And uh, there wasn't one person on it that I honestly couldn't say I was a great person or a very talented person. And I was I was brilliant. I was super stressful, uh, but but great. And I, I actually got on really well with with Bay um, because I I mean. I don't know, he makes Jeremy look like a total fucking amateur. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he, 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 like, there was one point we're standing there and he was calling for a drone or whatever. And, like, we we're all, I was told by a guy that worked for him before when I there. I was literally out there reporting away out and he phoned me and he goes, You going? I said, Yeah. And he goes, Whatever you do, pay attention. I was like, Well, and he's like, No, I mean it. He says, You know, if he calls your name, you be ready, you know, or you be there. Don't, don't wander off or turn your radio off or do whatever, you know, pay attention because that's what winds him up. And literally, he's literally, you can see them, the guys, the drone guys, or whatever, and he's calling them the radio, and he's shouting at them, and he's roaring at them. And like the whole, everyone's going, fucking answer the radio. You know, yeah. he, they are ch chatting amongst themselves, whatever. The next thing, fucking megaphone drop kicked through there, and he's lost his, he's lost it, you know what I mean? <laughs> but at the same time, I'm going, well, I should answer the radio, do you know what I mean? But <laughs> oh, it was great. It was, it was really, really good. I have to say, it was a brilliant. Well, the pressure experience. as well when you're the director, I suppose, is like, you know. Yeah, but he, he's like, there was one point, and I, I, I'm really glad that I've done that movie with him, and I very much hope to do more of his movies because I have been a fan of his work you know yeah. all well Bad Boys original yeah like, and I mean you know you, you've got Bad Boys and you've got The Rock and you know yeah. all these uh, Pearl Harbor you know some of the like, some of the stuff he's done is incredible his you movies know movies have took a bit of a turn since then like I really With, do think okay. uh, yeah but I, I guess Bad Boys is just such a classic I think yeah you know? Really but he is. didn't. He didn't do the last one, did he? No, he didn't. He no, didn't. He didn't, no, no. He didn't do Which that. Which was also, by the way, epic. I actually didn't. I wasn't wasn't a fan. Really? No. Yeah. But I, whatever way you look at it, I sort of looked. I, I I had a lot of time for what he'd done. Yeah. And uh, it was great to see him work. Like it was one day we were shooting somewhere in Florence, and anyway we were doing a thing. It was real funny because the wardrobe kept putting this 
basically it was like this jacket that Tom Cruise would wear sometimes. It was like a brown jacket. I color a bit like this, a brown leather jacket. And he hated this jacket. And I remember Wardo giving it to me that morning. I was like, I ain't, I ain't not wearing this. He go fucking nuts. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And they're like, well, you know, he says he wants the jacket. I'm like, okay. And literally he turned up and I swear he near trailed me across the square. trying to get this jacket off me and he went and found a bin, stuffed it in the bin. <laughs> Don't want to see that jacket ever again. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just the Wardo guy's well, yeah. like, okay. <laughs> Do you know, but anyway, he's great. But we were all ready to go and uh, we had a wait. And we had a wait, and we were like, "Oh, why are we waiting?" And he's got this, you know, as we like a, I don't know, you might know a film guys, but you know, it's like a, it's like a lens, if you know what I mean. And you put up your eye, yeah, yeah. I remember just like looking at term. the shots, yeah. Yeah, he's looking at the shots, and basically what he's waiting for is the sun to be in exactly the right place, so it lines up with this uh, pillar. Yeah. So uh, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I start thinking, you know, I can be fixing the edit. Do you know what I mean? So, but it's not, you know, he's a real passion for what he does, and it was it was wonderful to see him do his thing and all the other people. Like there was so yeah. many talented people on. He that loves to get behind the camera. Actually, oh, it as well. loves a lot it. of directors absolutely do loves that, it. Yeah. Oh, it, was, it was funny because we we, we, we I, I, I done we done Italy. The car just bit was over, and then we're back right in the UAE, and uh, they kept trying to dress me as. Uh, What's the correct term? You know, like a native from yeah. a made-up country and not part of the world. Um, and you know, I'm very white, and it's difficult. <laughs> like the world of people are just like, really, Chris? And I'm like, sales in the sheet. But anyway, I turned up one morning, and it was on the call sheet that there was Navy Seals. So I'm like, fucking Navy Seal right here. <laughs> you know, I'm like, Navy Seal, please. And they're like, no, no, you're down as a protester. And I'm like, not today. <laughs> and they're like. Actually, you probably would make a good DVC. So, of course, I, I had all these stuff. And it turned out they were over, outdone themselves. They bought the, they hadn't bought it, hired them, but it was the actual proper trousers and top and all. These trousers, they were so comfortable. I Googled them afterwards, like £600 for the bloody <laughs> trousers. Jesus. Top was 250 quid, but I'm a real comfy stuff. So, I puts it on, and of course, I walks out. Everyone else is, you know, like. And the fuck's he got a navy seal outfit, you know? So a couple of them back in the ward open, I don't know, pulled a few strings. So now there's three or four of us addressed as navy seals. And we're sitting in this aircraft hangar, uh, military base in the UAE. And it was like it was like a scene from a movie, but it wasn't. It was before the movie started shooting. <laughs> and like we're talking and playing cards and on our phones or doing whatever, uh, waiting to go. And the door, the hangar doors were open. And you can just see this silhouette of all these guys coming in. Those guys, and you could you could just tell you couldn't see anything other than a black outline, but it's like they're real Navy Seals, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> and then I called one of the guys, it was like, Who are they? They're gonna like, tell you what to do, they're the real Navy Seals, and I'm like, Oh, fuck, I slid down the chair. I've never felt so inadequate in all my life. Like, these guys turned up, you know, scars, bullet holes, you know, they're like, They're real, days, you know what I mean? I'm like, Fuck. Take us off me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I want to be dressed as and they were brilliant. Again. They were brilliant. Like we're done this scene out in the way out in the desert uh, near near a place called Lua. And I'm in the in a range over as a bit of a thing happens. But basically it's an ambush, you know, and I was I was funny because uh Bay's like, right, stunts, you know, who knows how to use a gun? And I'm like he's like have you used a gun before, Chris? And I was like, I'm from Belfast. He's like, you'll do. So all of a sudden I'm armed up with this machine gun. All proper guns, but firing blanks, you know. And anyway, uh there's two Black Hawk helicopters. Oh, Job Envy. I'll talk about that in a sec. Fred but anyway, North. Fred North. Oh, do you know him? No, you know I don't him? know him, but I follow oh, him. Oh, he's a hero. Anyway, uh, we do this thing anyway, and we're driving down the road, and we get an ambush, and then these seals come up five and five or six and six, whatever it was. I need to rewatch the movie, but they come up from these sand dunes, and there's a shootout, you know, and we do the first take. And basically, uh, for the first couple of takes, it was you, you, you overshoot everything in a movie or a TV show. You overshoot shitloads, and it can all be fixed in the edit, or you can decide what you want to do later. So I think I was dying. The first few times, you know, some plant dead and all that. And then Bay's like, no, we need some hostages. He's like, Chris, you stay alive and such and such, you stay alive and whatever. 
So, you know, we surrender, if you like. So, on the way out, Dabu Dabu, I brought myself a lovely new pair of Oakleys. Or not Oakleys, uh, Ray-Bans, class. They're real, proper, you know, they're real nice Ray-Bans. I've got my Ray-Bans on because wardrobe glasses didn't fit my big head. And um, anyway, you're all in your gear and bulletproof vest and all that, which is really fucking heavy, but anyway. We surrender, put the guns down, some of the people are dead, I'm not, you know, they're like, get on the ground, you get on the ground, I swear to God, one of them literally stamped on my head. I'm like, your fucking glasses are broken, everything, dude, it's only a movie, it's not real, do you know what I mean? And I'm actually really friendly with him to this day, he lives out there, he, he, he's not, he's no longer served, but he lives out there and he drives a lovely Lambo actually, but yeah, it's like anything you could carry away in the moment, you know what I mean? So like, they, they've came out, I was real funny for the first few takes, because like, they're coming out, like they're, they're they're the proper deal, you know what I mean? They're coming out and emptying the clips, and like changing the clips, and like Bay's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You fired off like fucking five thousand rounds, <laughs> be obliterated, by that, you know what I mean? He's like, squirt, squirt, or whatever, you know. But with respect to him, he always he's a big supporter of all those guys, and he always uses them when and where he can. And I remember later uh, another venue or whatever, I'm still vlogging this Navy SEAL outfit to death, you know, I like, fucking love this outfit, man. <laughs> uh, oh, proper old gear, like Irvin, Irvin the day were, you know, all the gear. And uh, we're, it's like a hostile village, there's a massive explosion during it. But anyway, I'm still doing the Navy SEAL thing, and by this stage, it's just me, so it's just me, actual Navy SEALs, and a guy that serves with the British forces. And he's like, Chris, you stay at the back because you're going to really fuck this up. Because even, even, even the way <laughs> they walk. That's always nice, isn't it? So I know, but I, I like that kind of honesty, you know what I mean? That's why I like them. But like they're, even the way they walk, you know, I was watching and, you know, we're obviously maneuvering the gun and, you know, they're putting it over people's heads and all. It, it's just, obviously, it's, it's their craft. It's yeah, their yeah, craft, yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean? Not choreographed, it's their craft and what to do. Mm, so I, them, basically, we're like, we we'll walk up this sort of street, you know, we're all on stone and like I found a doorway. So I improvised. I was like a fucking doorway. I'd look sick in these checkers. <laughs> I threw myself in this doorway. <laughs> and he comes over and he goes, what are you doing? I said, oh, I figured I'd get out of the road. He's like, good idea, you keep doing that. <laughs> so <laughs> I walked like the lifeless room and just dived into the doorway and every take, you know, and that went on for a day, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then there was this big massive explosion and big, oh, he likes to blow shit up. And uh, it was funny because you had the health and safety guy breaking himself and then you had the paro guy and then you had where Bay wanted you to go, you know. And uh, Bay was like, you go there and... The safety guy's all right, no way, and he moves your way back, and then there's a compromise. The power guy goes, well, they're safe, you know, and you meet reach the middle ground, and then you're about to go, and then Bay's on the radio, he's like, move forward. <laughs> and, like, we have the safety guy at this stage. He's overruled. <laughs> Nothing matters, you know? And, like, explosions are all done with, they're obviously controlled, but they're done with, like, gunpowder and all, so, yeah, you know, yeah. it's proper. And, uh, yeah, a couple of times, so like, you're, you're blown right off your feet. You were right there for most of the shit then, yeah? Yeah, yeah. so, uh, yeah, it was only it was a gap of a couple of weeks because it's some stuff to sort out. Uh, I had a talkier thing to do and a few things to sort out um, at home. Um, so I came home for a couple really? of weeks. And I, hope, I really hoped they'd bring me back, and they did. Fair play. And they said they would, and they did. And I'm very grateful for it. But it was a wonderful experience. I have to say, it was really, really interesting to see, you know, and see how it all comes Absolutely. together. Well, hopefully that's going to be something then. Because that was obviously pre-corona there and then obviously oh, yeah so I, I was uh there's another i was i was scheduled to go on uh, literally a few weeks before the craziness started oh, i was scheduled to go out to rome um for another job uh well, your name's in the roster now so hopefully they uh, yeah well the, the, look the, the way that that whole world works is there's a lot of very talented stunt people across the world mm. you know and and see, like i mean let's be realistic I, my sort of specialist field if you like car stuff you know yeah. so um they're not going to bring me out to do falling downstairs and stuff which I don't do, but like uh, it, the weird thing about it is, we ran for there's a guy Adam Brayshaw that he used to work with um, on Fast actually, and um, Adam doubles Ryan Reynolds quite a lot in movies, 
So, but his wife, they were having his wife and him were having a little baby at the time, so he couldn't come out for the first few weeks and had a stand in. So I'm there for a few weeks doing all the stuff. And he lands, and I think the first day he landed, and basically getting knocked down by a car by Brett. This guy, Brett, Brett's basically knocking me down. And he's like, yeah, after a few takes, you know, I ain't getting fucking sore. You know, you weren't armor or padding and whatever, but basically I had to do like a brush against this car again. Then I don't even think I'd made the edit. So I ain't getting hammered. Like my hands are literally blue with bruised and numb. My arms are numb and I'm getting hammered falling on the steps, you know. Uh, so, you know, we, you get hurt yourself. And uh, after a few takes, like Alec goes over and he goes, Chris, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> And I was like, dude, I'm doing what everybody tells me to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Whatever he wants me to do, I'm doing it. And he's like, all right, all right. He's like, just be careful. But these guys have spent a long time training for all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. But I have to say, I, I, I genuinely, genuinely loved every bit of it. Like, uh, loved every bit of it. And that desert scene with the Blackhawks, Fred North, like, I have to tell you. Good Instagram, if anybody so, hasn't watched oh, it. Oh, man, Fred... Uh, I, you know, I, I've been very, very lucky and I've got, I've driven pretty much everything you could possibly drive, um, bar of Aeron, which we'll fix it sometime, but I've driven everything and I uh, turn up to these jobs and, you know, I'm very fortunate and I don't take any of that for granted, but I never sort of look at a producer or a director or a camera person or a sound person and go, oh, I wish I had their job. Yeah. And I'm like really I'm happy with what him. I'm doing. <laughs> right. So we're, we're in, uh, Chir- or no, where the hell were we? We're in Italy. Um, Trying to where the hell we're and I, Toronto. Uh, we're in Toronto and we're doing this scene. I basically got this Range Rover, and there's a scene anyway. It's like protesters and you're hammering a bit of a through protesters and everything else. And movie, movie stuff is genuinely dangerous. It's genuinely dangerous. Like at one point in this road, I'm hitting 80, 85 mile an hour, and there was a girl actually Orla from from Dublin. Uh, her job was to sort of throw something at the windscreen and then dive out of the road if you know what I mean. Uh, and like there's a few times and I know Orla and I uh, think very highly of her and there's a few times I was like jeez Orla please move <laughs> do you know what I mean because you're sitting pins you know and you're just relying but brilliant at her job and so is everyone else and they're out of the road in time but it's, it's, it can be hairy like you know one yeah. if they had a slip or something yeah. like they, ironically they were throwing tomatoes and I was like you're going to be like that tomato <laughs> <laughs> if you get out of the road you know but anyway we're doing this thing anyway and then we're getting lined up we've done a few takes different camera angles and everything else and then next thing, there's a real tension appears from nowhere. And then Bay's on the radio, like, I was set doing this. And then I'm like, what's the crack? And they're like, Fred's coming. <laughs> like, who the fuck's Fred? <laughs> you know what I mean? And the Bay's on the radio, you know, the birds in the air, the chopper's coming and all. And I, I'm lined up and I haven't seen him, haven't heard him, haven't done nothing. I'm sitting there, there's five Rangers, I'm lead, I'm sort of setting the pace and everything else. And I'm waiting on them. Uh, and sometimes you'll get a rolling, you know, you'll get a rolling and you, you have time to sort yourself out. And then other times it's like, action, 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 you know what I mean? It's like, so you're sitting in D, left foot in the brake, ready to you know, ready to go. Like, and this chopper just comes past me, like, just like this. And I don't know shit about flying helicopters, but he just came in. I was like, who's that? <laughs> you know, and my job basically was to run down this road as fast as I could, and Fred would come, and he, he was basically flying sideways, you know, so mm-hmm. I, he's literally sideways in the camera ship, pointing at me the whole way, and I, I asked, they just told me, he's like, Chris, you keep your toe on it, you just keep going as hard and as fast as you can, because you can't tell where... If you've got a fixed camera point, you know when you're out of shot, yeah. you know, so you know there's no point in taking any risks to back off or everything else. Equally, if you have a camera car, you, you hear a cut or whatever. But obviously with a helicopter, it keeps rolling. So it's just like, go as just, you know, they won't call a, a cut, you know, until it's actually you're properly cut. Because you never know, when, well, you might get something cool, you know, in the shot. Yeah, yeah of course. So, and obviously he's in a fucking helicopter, so we're bombing down this road, like, and I'm like, I am pinned, but I'm half sort of, obviously, concentrating, and I'm half sort of looking out the window going, because you can't turn around and look, because that would be, like, go-home material, <laughs> do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? 
And I just like, this is fucking cool. Do you know what I mean? He's just running alongside. <laughs> and anyway, we're bombing down this road. It's wet. I'm doing the list. It's about 95 mile an hour in a Range Rover. And like, they're not the lightest vehicle to get stopped. And I swear to God, at one occasion, there's a castle in Toronto and I nearly embedded the Range Rover. <laughs> <laughs> I just about got this thing stopped. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated with And this. you know, I, I've yeah. stopped and I'm, I'm like, Fuck, I was close then. It's like cut and like, oh yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But and then like we'll move on. We've got the UAE and the next thing, Black Hawks are turning up and everyone's like, oh Jesus. And I was like, I wish I learned how to fly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> but like those guys have all through the military and everyone else. And uh, mm. there's uh, I think it's Brian Reynolds, you call him one of Fred's uh, good friends. Like, he, he always flies the other one, doesn't he? He's got two Blackhawks all prepped out right. with the missile yeah. launchers. And, and they put else. them in, they put them in the See those Blackhawks? You I I I've you know, as you know, I'd be near a particular airport occasionally and uh, I'm used to seeing helicopters and all that stuff, but see the wash that can be generated from a Blackhawk. At one low, at one point in this desert scene, we're doing the Range Rover thing with the Navy Seas, all that jazz. I open the door and I get out and I shoot back with my gun because I'm in Belfast. And, um, <laughs> Probably with you. I'd like to just say that for anyone listening internationally, not everybody in Belfast is, but anyway. But most of us. Uh, yeah, so we're, 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 we're doing this thing anyway, and Fred was flying the, the camera ship, but and he's also, Fred, I think he's one of his colleagues there. I can't remember if he was flying or coordinating. I think he was coordinating, but the military were flying the, the Blackhawks. Now, I, I don't know a lot about helicopters, but I'm told that flying in a desert is very difficult in a helicopter because of the terrain constantly, you know, obviously dunes and everything. Right. And um, whatever happened, the pilot, he didn't make a mistake, but he got it. He, he basically needed to give it maximum lift and quick or I was going to end badly, like really badly. So he gave this thing and I, I right at the time right opened the door and I just heard like the, the things, you know, it's from here to the car, park, car it's not far, like it's that close. Yeah. Next thing, and like, I mean, the door, it, it literally the door of a brand new Range Rover just it hit, it went around so hard, smashed the head like, and I've got a gun in my hand, right? And I knew what's coming next. <laughs> I've been around cars long enough to know, fuck, this is going to hurt. So I, the gun's on a lanyard, I dropped the gun, hand, sorry, uh, hands up over my face. Range Rover door right in the fucking face. I hit the deck like fuck. I was sore. And I look, I look around me and like everyone's just either rolling through the ground with the downdraft or whatever. Base shouting, God, God, <laughs> fucking sand. I was man, we wrecked the place. But I was just, I was like, holy shit. You know, literally whatever he had to do, he just had to give it like maximum lift. And I mean, I, oh. Yeah, I've never had a job at anything until I met Fred North. And uh, <laughs> I, I still talk to him quite regularly on Instagram and everything. And yeah, yeah and uh, we would have a bit of banter over that because he, he texted me later that day. He's like, oh, sorry about the door. <laughs> 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 it wasn't my range over, but it was, <laughs> you know, it was, but yeah. That's but crazy. yeah, they, 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 those guys. And I mean, they're like, I've never flown a helicopter and I'm sure it's not the easiest. I'm told it's a bit of a balancing act between all the instruments and your hands and feet and everything. Oh, so I'm sure it's not yeah, easy yeah, to fly, you know, and, and what they do is incredible. Oh, it's, it has it. to be one of the best Instagram accounts yeah. there is, I think. And I, mean, I, I love, love the way he's just lied to post anything he wants as well. Well, he, he does and he doesn't, but, but he, he's, he's Fred North, do you know what I mean? He's, he, I, I'm not well up in the whole world of helicopters, but even here, a couple of guys in the work in the airport, like, you ever work with Fred North? You know, everybody kind of in that yeah. circle, if you like, knows who he is, you know, and rightly so, because he, he's a massively talented guy, and, oh, yeah, dream job. Should have done that. <laughs> it's a pretty cool name as well. I guess. It is. <laughs> I must find out if it's, he was actually born with that yeah, name, or is he, you know, it's like a pseudonym, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Like, well, Chris, like, I was uh, just in, uh, basically, in a zone there listening, cause, but uh, I think we've gone for about two hours there. Um, mm. 
We normally do a little thing at the end of our podcast where we rate some of the viewers' cars. Oh, we'll I have know. a go at that. If no problem if, if you want to do that. Oh, well, we're going to the other people's cars? Oh, actually, we're probably out of time. I wanted to touch on that because something needs to be done about the cars that are running around this country. Oh, yes, you were going to... What were you, what were you thinking about? <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, like you said... Because like, there's somebody sitting on our sofa there. Pete makes a lot of them. Or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. No, um, <laughs> I, I, I think it's... it's a, look, I'm, I don't make any secret of it. I, I'm 42 years old and I've witnessed such a change in car culture, if you like, over, over in the past you know, 25 years or whatever. Um, and it was in my day and for many years it was all about... You know, you get your test, you buy as good a car as you could afford, you would polish it, you would drive it, you would learn how to fix it, you would do all these things. And like the past sort of number of years, that seems to have disappeared. And now all of a sudden, you know, everyone's running around, well, not name names because they'll be shot. But anyway, everyone's running around with cars that are borderline, not really pedal head cars. You know, it's like, like your Jeep, for example. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, and you don't necessarily need a, a big bank account to have a cool car. Like I've seen people buy cars at the thousand pound, and what they do with them and how they make them individually their own is, I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And the whole diesel thing in this country, I guess country's obsessed with diesel. And I get it. Uh, you know, I get it. It makes sense. <laughs> it's economical. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it's like, can you really call yourself a, a petrol head or a proper car enthusiast if you don't, like, you don't just buy a, all right, I'm going to say it, you don't just buy a Golf and stick a set of wheels and set of springs on and go, I'm not a fan of car. <laughs> no, you're yeah. sure. Yours is petrol, yours is all right, yours is petrol. It's petrol, it's all right. Like, but, but hear me out, right, hear me out. So I know it's a bit controversial, but like, Boris, even, Boris. even back in, uh, well, I had a Bora as a company car once, but it was brand mad. new and it was lovely, not, <laughs> it wasn't. Bastardized. <laughs> but um, I, I, I think it's going to be fixed. I think it's going to be fixed. You know, I think it's going to, I think it's going to come full circle. And why is that? Because I think, like it or don't like it, the world's moving in a way where we're going to be forced into hybrids and EVs. Um, and I think that's going to put. I think it's going to see like a. So you're thinking basically people are because everyone's going to be kind of having the I, same. I, I, I actually think, and this is this is push them into modification. Yeah, well, I actually think that we're we're at uh, exciting time in the in the car culture, if you like, because you know car culture existed since cars did. You know, in the hot rodders in America, and like I know. Back when my dad was young, Banger, and sure, you know some of your guys. Banger's a home of uh, yeah, uh, but I mean, uh, you go now, and it's like you drive in the car park, and, and you know you're like, right, yeah. and, you know, it's not what it once was. And I actually think that uh, I think Cleo's, Renault Cleo's, with free insurance, maybe this is what the start of it. That's where it started to go wrong. But anyway, we've ended up with some <laughs> James's face right mean. now. He also had a Cleo like <laughs> Pete, you and me need to have a chat after this. <laughs> but, Pete's but, not happy. But he also no. has an M3 though, so it's alright. Oh, oh, good man. But no, no, no look, I, I, I know it's a it's a wee bit controversial, but. Uh, like back then, people made a car their own and they learned how to fix it themselves. That's where the whole max power was. It was like yeah, and, 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 putting a mad like, bumper on something that didn't fit. Yes, but the thing about it is, most of those crazy max power cars, which wouldn't fit in today's society, but most of them didn't just have a crazy body kit. Most no, of them no, had absolutely. a the interior engine. Oh, the interior, the sound system. It was like yeah. finding something that didn't yeah. work. And Whereas work now right? you turn up to a cruise, and it's literally 10 yeah. of the same car, most of them with the same wheels, same springs, whatever. Yeah. Screwed out, <laughs> smoke flying everywhere. It's no. it's not. I, I get it, but it's not for me. And I'm glad I I done my thing when I was younger. If you know yeah. what I mean. But I think I think as a car culture and as a global thing, I think we really are on the cusp of a whole the most exciting time in in the thing. And I think that's down to electric vehicles. Like there's some companies. There's a company I forget the name of it. I'll find it. But there's a company in America. 
uh, in LA, and they're basically transplanting like Tesla stuff into like Ford Broncos. Oh, see, no, yeah. Yeah. Like, what's that Porsche? See, I'm, Porsche I'm, I like it, but I also, it's, you know, like it scares me a bit because like it, you're almost sacrilege. Like if you're taking a yes, don't Porsche, get me wrong, I've taken a Tesla battery in it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've owned enough V8s and everything in my time. I, I appreciate that, and I do. And you know, yeah, I wish it would stay like that forever, but it's not going to. And that's the the reality of it is, it's not going to. But I think, you know, I think over the next 10 or 15 years, diesels are going to get a life hammered out of them. You know, they're going to, they're they're going to drive them off the road. That's the main, yeah, they they are going to, they are going to drive them off the road eventually. And, you know, we're going to be forced into some sort (laughs) of, James is devastated. It doesn't help. (laughs) I'm telling you, do a bit of Googling. Like you imagine how quick that thing would be with like a Tesla stuff. And the thing about it is you don't just fire in the motor. You find out how the motor works. You find out how you can make it better how you can make it generate more horsepower how you know well, this is this is what i've been saying when i chat to james and talk about what car i get after the m3 mm. and i just like i'm just going to keep getting big petrol cars until i can't and why anymore not? and why not but like like i i remember uh was it the f80 i think it was before the f80 came out i kind of had a bet with the guy which i lost i sort of thought that the next generation of m3 was going to have some sort of hybrid tech in it. i'll tell you how it happened norway was in norway didn't talk your gig and we had a pickup at that time, the M3 was just out, and I had a pickup in I8. And we drove for an hour, an hour and a half uh, out of Oslo to go to a BMW dealership, which BMW Norway had sorted out these cars for us. So the guy was with me automatically, gave me the keys to the M3, and I'd already driven one of them. I was like, actually, I'd like to drive that I8. And he was like, oh, you he was happy enough, he wanted to drive the M3, so I took the I8. And I was really impressed with the drive of it. It was the first sort of um, electric vehicle I'd driven on the road, if you like. And like, they're only a three-cylinder mini-engine. And there was times, like, when he pinned the N3, and I, there wasn't a massive amount in it. Okay, he pulled a bit, but not that much. And I'm, See, you know, I'm... And the thing about it, it went around... We kind of overshot a junction, and we had to take a turn off off the motorway real quick, and they're big, massive, uh, like, U-bends off the motorways there. And I went in this, and I'm looking at the tires in the back lane three, and thinking the tires in this thing are tiny. I was like, I think this is going to go wrong. And he went around the corner, and I, the thing went around the corner like it was on rails. And I was like, this is actually, yeah, the, if I could take this drivetrain and plant yeah. it into like an F80 M3, and then have like an overboost switch or some sort of, you know, I was like, that's, like, I, I can go, I live in Fermanagh, and that's, I can get the whole way to Belfast on 50p. Uh, and when I want to have fun, you know, it's it, it is the future, and it's coming, it's happening. Well, I, I actually remember that uh, Top Gear episode where Jeremy took the i8 and up through England or something, and at the end he had the M4 and the i8, and he, mm. it, it was I always remember for some reason, oh, yes, and then he chose the, the i8 yeah, yeah, instead yeah, yeah. of the M4, and I remember going, yeah, he fucking doesn't know it's, anything. It's <laughs> funny because uh, the first gig that Harris, Chris Harris, actually did uh, it was, it was a BBC thing. It was inside a, an arena, but the BBC do a private thing called the BBC Showcase. They bring over execs from all around the world, and that's they pick their programs. But it was it was the first job for the new lineup of presenters, if you like. And we had all these cars there, and I had an F12 TDF, which I had to sign about two million bits of paper to drive. But anyway, I got that. And my horse was in the passenger seat. My job was to bring him out and do you know do a thing, and then he would get out. And um, we all had our people to bring out. And I remember we were sitting backstage, and now we had a with a P1 with a nine or with a nine one eight Porsche with a P1. We had uh, the LaFerrari and obviously a whole load of other stuff. Jesus. And Harris said to me, he's like, you know, what, what, what would you pick? And I was like, this. And he literally looked at me like my head was on backwards. So what, what car were you in? I was in an F12 TDF. What is that? La, uh, Ferrari F12 TDF. Okay. So for me, what was the last sort of, it was the Ferraris, uh, it was going to be from, in my head, it was the, the finest they were going to refine the traditional 
combust okay. combustion engine too, if you know what I mean. It's like 760 horsepower and, you know, and a V12, naturally aspirated. Mm. I was like, this is the pinnacle of, you know, for right. me. And he was like, P1, P1, P1. And I was like, God, don't get me wrong. P1's lovely and it's great. And, you know, I was certainly more than impressed with that when I drove one. But at the same time, it's like generation one of. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, you know, our kids are going to grow up and laugh at that thing, you know, because in 20 years time, you know, that's going to be, okay, that's where it started. But it, like well, where we are yeah, in 20, right. do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, this is, this is the, the last, yeah, I was like, this like... The... and later, later that night in the bar, you know, we had a, more, a bit of a discussion about it or whatever. And he was like, I get where you're coming from. You know, he, he, I, you know, that I love that car. But uh, yeah, I think the whole, the whole industry, the whole thing, the whole culture is on a, the cusp of a very exciting time. That's what I think. Yeah, it's definitely more technology you know, focused as well? Well, it's going to encourage people rather than, you know, like at the minute, like everybody maps their cars and all that. Like we we, we didn't, I remember I had, a, I had a Calibra once, it was the only front wheel drive car I ever had. I had a Calibra once and back then you were shorting out pins in the ECU and you were doing all these crazy things and changing octane plugs and there's a guy I knew had a 205 and there wasn't a 205 in the country except his 205. It was a 1900 block with a 1600 head with a Piper cam and a straight through exhaust and a fuel pressure regulator, but you figure all this out. Yeah. You bolt it all to it and you know, it doesn't work, I'll change this, I'll do that. You know, you're figuring all this out as you go. Whereas now all that's lost, like none of that stuff happens yeah. anymore. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, it's all I bought a set of coilovers yeah. from a car, how much were they, 200 quid? I also think it's partly to blame, well, like creativity in general, you know, is obviously not everybody's a creative person, but now everybody can see the car they want on Instagram yeah. and they just go, I want that car. Yeah. And they just go copy you're, you're, the You're right. That's, that's, that's very interesting because um, obviously, you know, years ago, it, the information wasn't as easy to access. Yeah. And it's funny. Um, you see a magazine, but then the yeah. magazine would be out of date by the yeah, time. That's and, right. You know, that's maybe right. Take a bit from there, a bit from there. And, yeah. I mean, like younger people will never know the excitement of uh, Thursday morning on the Auto Twitter. Because <laughs> before the auto trader, it was a Belfast Telegraph on a Thursday, and then the auto trader came out. Well, mine, like mine I always remember Tesco going to Tesco and buying the, the, at least two magazines in Tesco. Yeah. Um, like, not quite auto trader. Well, auto, auto trader, <laughs> if, if I remember right, it came out on the Thursday, but if you were in the know, you could get it on Wednesday night. Uh, so basically, what happened was uh, the guys I was running around with in Lisbon and all the time, <laughs> they, 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 drink, yeah, but they, like, knew, they knew the delivery driver's route. So basically, like, he would go Jump to. Is this for the fast? It's a bit fast and furious, yeah, yeah, it was. But it basically, like they were getting the magazine, and the thing about it was, if you were looking to buy stuff, come eleven o'clock on a Thursday morning, all the bargains would be gone, because the people that were, uh, they were like. They they knew such and such a shop got their copy at midnight, so they're boosh and you know twenty four hour shop place. auto trader. It's not here yet. There it is. Get it open. Get it open. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Must you want for that But uh, yeah. yeah, you're right. The the, the the easy the ease of access and information now is obviously you know incredibly um, straightforward compared to what it once was. But no, I do. I think I think. Um, and I know this goes against everything that we are ingrained with as, as car people. And don't get me wrong, I'll have some sort of nice car as long as I possibly can, and preferably something with a V8 or whatever. But uh, I think I think we're on a, a very exciting time in, in the car world, a, a time that hasn't existed until now. You know, mm -hmm. because really what we're driving is a evolution or a more modern version of what the you know, engine was first invented. Like we haven't really changed it that much. No, we've got better at making it, and yeah. we've made cars faster and things. But you know, like you, you, you get into Tesla and put it in the ludicrous mode, and like. So what is what is the what's replacing the F80? First of all, can I just say I'm really happy I have the same car as this guy because if you heard all them stories, like, <laughs> and I have the same daily driver. Yeah, so but he can drift it. Good. Like, what do you mean? Like, you know, <laughs> I'd like so. Well, <laughs> he's going to drift do mine after here. No, no, nah. video and say it was me. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm really, really looking forward to a good coffee. I haven't had a good coffee since this little crap started. I, I think uh, we could have made you one. No, I mean an actual one like from shop. I'm, hoping, I'm like hoping a certain well-known coffee brand with green and white cups. I'm going to go to their drive-thru. <laughs> um, so what's after the F80? 
Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, that's the truth. I don't know. I, I've I've a, I've a little boy, and I'd like to have a, a feeling. I want a jeep. I've never had a jeep, so I want some sort of jeep. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'll not get something or a, a model Y then. It's electric. Why I call her a jeep? I know oh. that's wrong. Oh, oh dear! I do. That's we had this conversation. It's, it's really controversial because I, I was on a I don't know a forum or Facebook or something one night, and I made I made a reference to some guys as nice jeep. Fuck, he went through me for a shortcut. And I was like, it's a Jeep. And he's like, it's, it's not, jeep. it's a BMW X5 AM. And I was like, it's a fucking Jeep. It's, jeep. it's got four big wheels and yeah. just lift. You know, it's, it's higher not, than it's a, car. a car. It's, it's a Jeep. jeep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not a Jeep. <laughs> no. What are you, are you referring to the make Jeep? Yes. Yeah, well, no. Like, Look, we, we the term this, Jeep existed before the make Jeep, I think. Yeah. We had this I, know, I think Sean on this podcast and he was a firm believer in the uh, don't call it a Jeep. The first oh, his the Jeep? first yeah. Well <laughs> no, we were no, like, no, it's no, a Jeep, that's, that's it's a Jeep. Look, if it's got bigger wheels and it's higher than a car, it's, it's a, a fucking Jeep. Jeep. <laughs> that's yeah. all there that's is. It. That's so great. Like the steg told you, all right, listen. Dad, you need you need, you need to change, change. Some say you need to change your record. <laughs> uh, so uh, model Y then, the new Tesla uh, SUV? Uh, <laughs> if you're like electric or not, yeah, but, but, not but, quite the, yet. but the problem is I live in the asshole of nowhere and the, the, I'll tell you the but biggest he, this, I had the same conversation here's the problem 300 right? mile range yeah here's, here's the problem so the problem is electric cars they're great but one thing they haven't sussed out is how we're all going to charge them up mm. um, and I, I need I need someone who can do patents because I have a whole load of ideas in my head it happens to me all the time I come up with all these <laughs> stupid ideas and I never do anything about them and then suddenly somebody See, when I was in school, I wanted my dad rode motorbikes and I came up in technology. I started making this thing and the teacher was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm making a cavity. And he's like, what for? And I was like, well, I can't remember, but the guy in chemistry class was like, if you put this liquid in, you give it a charge, it goes black. And he's like, oh. he's like what are you doing that for? And I was like, I'm going to make my dad a number plate thing so he can hit a button on his motorbike and the plate will go black and the police won't be able to get him. <laughs> Around the back of the head, wasn't allowed to make it. Fast forward 20 <laughs> years later, who yeah. patents that technology? Mercedes. Fucking, it's in the Dreamliner windows and everything. You know, you have to be bought really? in the Dreamliner. Um, yeah. I'm sitting there every time you get on Dreamliner and do this. The whole fucking flight going, that ah, could have been me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> could have been invented. Yeah, like, but my teacher slapped me in the head. Yeah. It was stupid. Like, Such bad guidance. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? There you go. But yeah. Do you want cars? You're going to do cars? Yes, let's do some cars. So uh, these are, um, what we do at the end of the podcast, basically, is if you want us to slate or rate. <laughs> I keep forgetting we're on a podcast, so we're just having a conversation. Oh, slate true. or rate uh, your car, you can uh, hashtag at IOB podcast on Instagram, and uh, we will give you our, our opinion. Uh, Probably slate. So, yeah, we're definitely yeah, just going to slate. You're allowed to just be. Right, let's go back to well, when was the last ones we did? I don't remember. We, um, we've done these. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh James. How many bears have you had? One, two. We've done the rover, hasn't we? Like no, I mean, that's some yoke. That's, that's, that's same, that, like. No, it's the same rover from the last one. Like, <laughs> okay. It's the same guy. He told us so. It's not diesel, it's petrol. We're disappointed. Well, le- there you go. Yeah, she's a petrol. Nice. We'll right. start. So here's the thing, right? I, I don't so hold on, the... I have to describe for the viewers at home. We've got a. Oh, they, they, Mark, they, Mark 7. Pretty sure we did this last week as well. Oh, for flip's sake. We did. Yeah, better let them see it. Look, look, it's fine. It's a Mark Seven. Look at yeah, that Mark Seven Golf bags and wheels. So here's the thing, right? Uh, Ryan, who you know we work for, he's got a Golf GTD, and I see every time I drive it, I'm like, this is class. <laughs> now it's that's lower than Ibex with a set of R wheels on it, if you know what I mean. And it, it's it's class. Like it's an everyday car. I'm like, this is real nice. And I know I, you know, you look, you're not you're feeling here alone. I know, but it's, I like it. So what I'm gonna say, right, right, uh, rate, Slit. yeah, rate, really? yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. right. Well, Oh, we're oh, skip the car. Here we are. Fiesta. We Fiesta like. I like that. Oh, why? It's oh. different. Like back in the day. Ha- Cut to uh... nothing. <laughs> nothing. No. no. I like Slip. that. 
He's looking something Jap though, so that's a good call. Like. <laughs> what do you think of that? Nice wheels. I like the colour code in the wheels. I like it. You like it? I do like it. Rate it. It, it kind of reminds me of that front bumper really reminds me of the cars you were talking about back in uh, like kind of fast car days or uh, yeah, max yeah, car days. Yeah, yeah. No, it's well, not. Get... It's unfortunately not for me that. Not for me either, but. E36. Uh, that's are. absolutely bad out that. No, it's, it's the German <laughs> IS200. Like, you see, looking at that, that's that's like a 318 or something. And it's a 328. He's hashtag. 328. These guys here love to read hashtags. That's because you're like, I don't even know what this is. And it like says it on the screen. Like, you can avoid that. When I had my first E36 M3, a friend of mine argued that it was a waste of money and he bought a 328. And I get in one drive my M3 and two days later in the M3. And you were like, why did you buy one that doesn't have an M3 badge? What yeah. was wrong with you? But I mean, you put the kit and all, it looked exactly like my car, but it wasn't an M3. And then he was adamant, it was like, oh, it's the same. Yeah, it's uh, it's the like, here, drive that. Did he map it and say it has the same? Well, like, see, there was no mapping back then. Uh, it's, it's not bad fit, man. It's good, good, good enough uh, fit, man. And BMW is it. for style points. I hate people that... Take their number plate off and then, oh, and then really people block tie it back on, block all on the, the grill. So the freaking thing who overheats so, if you drive like, it properly. Yeah, they don't even like. Oh, it's the people who like get rid of it, like smooth their bumper, like make all the effort, yeah. and, then and then put the bumper put on. on. And you're putting the on, you're like, but you've literally <coughs> just done all that, and then put your number back on. I had, uh, I had an N3 CSL once and done that because uh, you know it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful yeah. car, and yeah. done Shit, that. I swear on. to God, I got about four miles. <laughs> Like where's really? the bumper? Well, or where's the number plate? Uh, in the windscreen, and there's like a fell off. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I tried, tried for a week or two to get away with it. it just wasn't happening. So I ended up. Well, here I'm going to give some uh, advice here on the. I bet uh, you, you have a smooth bumper. But uh, uh, like you know, don't uh, sue me or anything. But it's only a thirty-five pound fine. Thirty. Thirty. Thirty pound. And you get three strikes, and then you put it on. So uh, sometimes, if you're really nice to them, they're like. But it depends. Depends I, if they're. I've like had it. three three cars now in a row with no number plate on the front. Controversial, and it's only I've only been fined three times. I've been fined a lot, three or Let's four. I work on Boucher Road, and then they pull you over, and there. then you give them the odd. Oh, oh, it's off! It's falling off! <laughs> no way, <laughs> officer! It's <laughs> off again! Yeah, it says in your file here you've been warned yeah. three times and you got two fines. <laughs> it's falling off again! <laughs> I got caught with that. Like I got caught on like it was like a Monday or something. Got caught going home from work, and the next day another police car got caught. I was like, oh, it's falling off, and he goes. It's flagged on our system. That <laughs> we were stopped yesterday. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it fell off again. <laughs> uh, like, to be fair, I actually am at the last straw. Like, if they do if they get you again, again, like, they take the red. So, so, like, oh, no, is, that, is that what happens? I, well, they, they, I've they, heard they remove the red like, to the car, but apparently it's such a hassle for them. I've completely leave it, fucked like, myself here. They're doing me tomorrow. Anyway. <laughs> um, that uh, it's such a hassle with them. They don't really want to do it. So the last guy that pulled me went, yeah, I put the, Put the plate on. It's and, a lot of paperwork, is it? Let me go, like. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Well, I got told I got stopped the other week, and actually got told that number plate stickies are not the correct way to put them on. This police oh, officer sure. told me that's not the official way to do it. And I went, well, I worked for a company like BM, worked for BMW, mm-hmm. and that's what they gave us mm-hmm. to fit brand new cars, PDIs, number plate stickies. He was, no, that's incorrect. And I went, well. We were on by Joe. I said, you may go around most of these places. Go and speak to the director and tell him. Yeah, yeah. And it was. He just looked at me and was like. I don't think that's the correct way and I was like mm, I think you're wrong so, some cops have say though and you know some cops are really are very dead on I remember as incidents years ago where stuff happened but some, some, some of them are dead on one I got pulled a few weeks ago or a few months ago actually on my way to uh, the airport to go somewhere Ooh. 
Uh, not by them. It was uh, by a different different police car. But uh, I got I got pulled and literally. Do you know what? Do you know what I've done? I was passing them on the cruise control on a, a seventy limit. And I was sitting at seventy, and they they were doing like sixty eight or whatever, which was fine. So I'm not breaking the law. And yeah. I swear to God, I pulled up beside oh, them yeah. and they matched my speed. And I'm like, oh fuck. Well, see, I have this. Like, what what, what, what do like, I do? I'm like, like, what do I do? Just slow down. Just speed up. Just do what uh, I do. Not kind of. Well, you're like ten percent. But I, but it's like it's really. <laughs> well, I literally drove. They were literally. I was afraid to turn my head because his head was there. <laughs> and I'm like, what do I do? And then I was like, cruise control, dunk, 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 knocked it up like seventy three. Just enough to you know, I crapped, crapped, and crapped, and I pulled it. I swear to God, as soon as the indicator went. And I was like, really? So I drove up the road, stopped, and everyone else checked all the details, everyone's coasty. And uh, I, was, I said, I was going to the airport, which was now late, and um, everyone's fine. He was going in there's car, and I was like, thanks very much. And he's like, oh, keep your speed down. And I was like, oh, I'm trying to keep it cool here. And I was like, which way are you going? And he says, back that way. And I was like, well, that's good. I said, because I'm really late for the airport now. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> but yeah. So. Yeah, well, like, uh, that's funny because every time, because I have no front number plate, I see a police car ahead, ahead. They never do the speed limit. They're always set about 10 below. Mm. And it's that anxiety you them. as you're, like, coming up on them and you have to pass them. If they look in that <laughs> right there, like, they can <laughs> No, see. I drive in behind them and then, like, sometimes you'll see they'll slow down to make you overtake them. It's like, no, no, I will play this game. <laughs> I will stop with you. Oh, <laughs> well, no, I want to overtake them. So no, I, I, I normally try and like, hide behind a car. So, and come up behind the car and then at the last minute pull out into the overtaking boom they all screenshot I used to think they should do some sort of like it should outsource the car and the things you know like and you just turn up to like cruises and shit you're getting points shit you're getting points <laughs> that's cool as fuck does donut oh, yeah, <laughs> do right, you know yeah, what I mean yeah, do yeah, some yeah, sort of rating cool, system you know so speaking of the police I actually have a, an anonymous um uh, WhatsApp message here for the they didn't want to post it on Instagram in other words right. basically so uh if you uh, are listening, it is um, blue and yellow and a and bit white. of white. Yeah. Um, it's an Audi. The wheels are too small. Um, Needs bigger and it's wheels. got big lights on the so roof. Do you ever look really carefully at the brake calipers? Not on that particular... The, under, well, the undercover ones no, always have huge all, ones. All they're all running and stuff. Uh, they're all, they've got all well, the... Yeah, so we, we've uh, been sent basically a PSNI, which is a Northern Irish Police Service, Audi um, Estate. <laughs> I've got some information here, okay? Oh, okay. So uh, this is... Uh, an anonymous entry, laugh your face. 3.0 Quattro by Turbo, unique blue, yellow wrap in 3M reflective vinyl. Extras include Go Faster Stripes and Warning System. <laughs> 18 cones, 18 <laughs> warning signs and stands, brush, shovel, first aid kit, two fire extinguishers, crowbar, what? Wheel brace and sockets, 10 flashing lights, water rescue, rescue equipment, fire blanket, uh, tarpaulin, Defibrillator, tire depth yeah, gauge, two laser speed detection uh, devices, uh, tint master window tint. That's a good one. Tint master window tint ref, uh, measuring device, tachograph reading equipment, LED torch, and two chunky peelers. <laughs> <laughs> All that, and he's just going to stop you for no plate. Yeah, yeah. But it's only 30 quid, folks. Just so. see something you touched on. What's do your, your uh, hater rate thing? Front uh, windows, be intended. Uh, 
it looks cool in photos, but like I just think it's. I like fishbowl cars. Like I've never tinted anyone. It's I just like you like it all clean. Yeah, yeah. No, like I like it back. I wouldn't have it. Like I like. Oh, hold on. Do you mean windscreen or front side windows? Oh, I was talking about front windscreen. Front front windows is the side, which is no. I think I think the side windows at the front. If you have the back ones done, I think yeah. I far better. I like either none or the back windows done. Let's see that front window tinting. I think if you're doing all of them, I think it has to be even. But like personally, my own cars, I like just the standard tint. Some cars, like yeah. Audi's, it has the green tint. Yeah, like yeah. that looks smart. But, but like when you see, like I seen a car on the Lisbon Road there uh, last weekend, and it was a real, real nice five series. But I mean, you're just going like, it was limo tint front, mm. front and the back. And I don't like all limo tint, but the thing about the M3 is that they have them. Well, they have factory glass, yeah, yeah, on, yeah. The, on the back. Yeah. But then the front always looks a wee bit. Like light, but we're so used night, to it now. Yeah. I think. If you go to America, they're allowed it, ah, and right. then you see it, and you went, actually, that does look okay. But I mean, it is like if you if you ride a motorbike, or even if you're driving a car, or cycling, or whatever. You know, if, if you see a car sit in a junction, you tend to almost sort of subconsciously try and catch the person's eye to see is he see me or is he is he looking at me? Ah, you, you know, it was like it makes sense, but like absolutely, you know. But um, mm. anyway, what do you think? Rate? Oh, rate. Oh, rate. That's a, uh, a piece I, of shit. <laughs> Like I'll tell you a funny story but one of these I uh, ran out of fuel once in the M3 because I really very rarely look at the uh, fuel thing because uh, it's just always it's just always really annoying uh, it's always so low that I just never want to look at it but anyway uh, and I knew I needed fuel and I thought I could make it to the next garage pulled onto the motorway to get to the next junction and it just went dead on the motorway and then just so randomly one of these literally five minutes later pulled up behind me and uh, no number plate, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so luckily, you didn't drive by. Got in it uh, to take me to the garage, and uh, its gearbox shit itself. Is and he right? had to drive the whole way there in like second or third gear. And he had just made fun of me for like thing. And uh, then he was driving this big diesel Audi, like basically in second gear. And uh, yeah, they had to. They got me a uh, jerry can, brought me back, and then they had to go bring the car back to the mechanics, which uh, I thought was quite funny. He did it all in second gear the whole way. Yeah, basically. I think I think enough, he like. I think he ended up getting another gear, but it was he couldn't go down or he couldn't go up or something. But yeah, they're they're incredibly well maintained, though. You know, like they're always <laughs> they're always really well maintained. Those particular type of vehicles. Oh yeah, they tell us uh, we know a couple of cops, um, and they tell us some interesting stories. Yeah, about, uh, yeah. know a few myself. Probably the same ones. <laughs> yeah, probably is. So, uh, you think it's shit, James? Yeah, Tom. I well, actually, maybe I should change it and say that it's great for the next time they stop me. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Chevy A6 and that engine is one that I like. So, but bar the police stuff, but <laughs> I like that. You like a big three-liter Audi estate? V6. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right, all right. Big saloon cars are. Big I, I, had a, I had a E63 by Turbo before that uh, BM, before that M3, and I tell you, it was some machine. Oh, to be fair, right. I just made fun of him. I had a 3.5 estate BM, mm. like, and I, I loved it. I, 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 I Until it started raking. I love my uh, E63. He forgets very easily. We'll do one more here. Simon's lovely Civic. Yeah. See, the fact you refer to him as first name basis means he's a friend, which makes me inclined to sort of go, actually, you know, that, that's turboed. It's also got a watermark here, you know, so uh, well, what do you I, think? I, I, think no, I, I, you know, is it on the spoon engine? Has mm, Hector been at it? No, Hector has not been at it. It <laughs> no. does not have a see-through bonnet. <laughs> it looks a different color there. That's not actually that blue. Uh, NK wheels. It's a darker blue than that, I think. It's very cool, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It is. And nice. he, he does, uh, well, well, this here, the iPad's does exhaust and stuff is, um... For me, the boot spoiler is a bit. By the way, for the viewers at home. Yeah, the boot spoiler is a bit too much for me, but other than that, no, the boot, the spoiler. Yeah. Like, it's not really pulling off the Cosworth wheel thing, but nice car, yeah. 
Okay. Let's say he does all his fab work and stuff and his, um, yeah, he's his exhaust that and all his real. See, that's, that's class. That's, you know, that's doing it himself. He's making yeah. his own. Yeah, that's, no, he, that's he, runs, about, he runs a wee garage. Or there, like is, a there is quite a few, especially in England, there is boys that rock up and they do a lot of stuff mm. to their cars, you know, like themselves. Definitely. I think it's but like, tick, here too. Know, tick, like, tick, 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 like everybody in the car game knows Peden. Like, he, I love the I first met him years and years ago with the whole Max Power thing and he's still just doing his thing. You know, he doesn't care. Like, he's just doing his He just does his thing. And I remember, like, see when he done that Porsche everyone was like oh yeah. it was borderline like what did you have for you ruined it all the purists He's were like, like how dare you yeah exactly you know what I mean but I, I love that he just and then those crazy paint jobs and the snakes and ladders and all that he just yeah. I love that he does that's this right, thing right. I hope he never changes from doing that like, have you seen what he's working on at the minute yeah, what is, what's is he this got? A Mark, a Mark One Escort, I think Mark, it is. Uh, a Mark Two Escort which is a four door it was turning a four door into a coupe because the coupe was too expensive and yeah. he's like, you know what, I can do it. Doesn't if, matter. If there's one man who can do it, it's him. I got the, I like it was the picture he put up, and I was like, nah, no he way. Like, he's actually done that. Like, I think the caption was like, four doors or two doors were worth more money. Yeah, If you think about it on an international stage, like back then, whenever you know everything was Max Power crazy and all, like we had Fast Car with Max Power with all, all these magazines coming here to feature cars that were yeah. set in the game, yeah. and like those guys were basically every other week traveling the world shooting shit yeah. you know and cool stuff and like they're coming here going, wow you know fuck's sake, if they come over here now what are we going to do well yeah well, <laughs> the we'll bring the Civic and the Clio <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no but we need it we need to sharpen up our game definitely so the last thing we end up doing in this is uh, for viewers and listeners is we actually do a small competition at the end of every podcast if you want to win some free merchandise uh, James here will send you some air fresheners a mug I don't know whatever yeah, he feels well, like yeah. some sweets um, all you have to do is go to our YouTube, search ILB TV, find the podcast, leave us a comment, and we basically just pick a random comment. So uh, that's what we're going to do now uh, from the last one. Uh, this see, I never know how this thing works. I always just every, hit every button. Every time. Like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, the winner is Aaron Brown. And it's oh, if you have a question. Oh, we've got a question. Go ahead, James there. If you guys had to choose one car manufacturer that is no longer around to make a comeback, who would it be and why? Keep her lit, lads. DeLorean, DeLorean just for the scandal. I was just going to say DeLorean. Easy, no, no, easy, man. I was going to say DeLorean just because like, it's made in Belfast. Well, like. I, I uh, must admit, yeah. yeah that, but, uh, Not a racetrack. But like, they, were, they weren't a great car, that's basically. No, they were you know, they ran away. They looked cool and then it was yeah, bold the design. The future, and, but like, they just terrible. It's only in recent times, but anyone that's been to Australia will be able to relate. Like, they've shut holding down. Oh, okay. That is a global tragedy. And they love Holdens <laughs> in Australia, like they are like. Like, I see in Australia, like the whole Holden and the Ford thing, like it's like huge. it's like I, well, oh, the there's gangs that meet up and beat the shit out of each other yeah. over the thing. You know, they're so passionate about so it. One of my favorite things used to be on YouTube to watch them racing them things. Have you seen the stock car racing? That's, yeah, that's honestly, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have been there, and I've, I've, really? there's a there's a place called Sam's in, in Sydney, and anyway, one time a, a blag my way in there and was doing a Top Gear gig. And, you know, give it, I'm here to doing this, and he I'm started showing me right. I know, no, no, it wasn't, no. <laughs> and he, 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 he had a, he had a room upstairs where he builds engines, and like, it was like, every engine in this room's got over a thousand horsepower. I never even realised the show and, uh, The irony is, in Australia, you're not supposed to be allowed to like modify, modify your car. Cars? Well, no, yeah. you're legally, yeah. you know, you're not supposed to modify your car. And he's like, oh, in Sydney, there's easy over a hundred cars that look normal from the outside, but run over a thousand horsepower. Yeah. I was like, Jesus. I love the Commodores they always do. It's yeah. like the big massive ones. They're just yeah. like steel wheels. Oh. Look like a normal I, granny. I, I, land, I landed awesome. in one time with a friend of mine in the airport. We, got, we went a few days early for a bit of a bit of a holiday and we got the hire car desk and we're due to get some rubbish. And um, anyway, blagged the holding from the girl. 
And long story short, right, sightseeing, we're going up this hill, there's loads of hairpins and all on it. He figures out if with an electric handbrake, if he holds it long enough, like five seconds, it'll lock. So anyway, he's impromptu pulling this handbrake. I near go off the cliff a few times. We're having a bit of fun. Come around the last corner. And like, have you ever seen the police cars out there? So cool. Yeah, and like this big hole like sitting there, stuff, big interceptor. It's full Mad Max back. Like, you know, interceptor up the side of it. There's about 10 aerials in the roof. He's sitting there. He's obviously, he's got the window down. He's heard me coming for five <laughs> minutes. And I'm like, oh my God. And this friend of mine, who's actually like a quite a famous uh, GT racer, one of the best GT racers in the world, who will remain nameless for now. But he... Uh, He's like, go here, go there. He, I'm following his directions, looking in the mirror. The boy's following us now. I haven't put the lights on, but he's following us. Where's he directing me into? The middle of a freaking army base. Like, I drove right clean through the gate. Next thing, we're surrounded by all these trucks and machine guns. <laughs> but anyway, well, your boy waited, and then he disappeared. So we got off. But I just thought, like, if you're going to get done, you know, by the car you had on the screen a few minutes ago, or, like, a 600-horsepower uh, holding interceptor with all their else, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I can, I can that, take that, your that, ticket, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know... So uh, we're pretty much done, but uh, I did put, I just realized I posted on Instagram saying there's any questions and I'll just give you one because it's a really good one because um, we're almost out of time, which is uh, how different, this is from Dara underscore F on Instagram and he asked you, how different are the setups of the cars for the shows when compared to being set up for road? Uh, good question. And the answer is very um for a couple of different reasons, you know, if, if you're doing whatever you're doing with your car, like obviously in the road, you, you want maximum grip and everything else. Um, there, everyone has their own driving style, so everyone will want their car. Like, take, take that, so we'll talk about the Super for a second, because it was literally built by a guy who's been my mechanic for over 10 years who knows how I like a car to drive. Uh, like, I remember at the time, I wanted the foot pedal just to go to the front brakes and things, you know, and all our people were telling him, he's like, you can't do that, you know, I won't work. And I was like, just put a small reservoir. I literally just wanted going the pedal, the front brakes, back brake on the handbrake. And like people who've been building rally cars doing it for donkey's years and you're very well established, were like, no, 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 can't do that, it won't work. And I was like, it'll work. And Andy was like, I'll try it, but don't tell anyone. So we tried it and it's perfect. And the reason I wanted that was, because uh, I can still keep on throttle, but left foot brake, so I can slow, say you're sideways, I can, you know, a lot of drift cars yeah. are set up like that, you know, so you basically can, you can control the, your, the if you're sliding into the end of arena, you can keep, keep your sideways on the power, but you can slow the rate of the slide with the foot, you know. They can't get their head around that because it's just it's a different kind of thing. So yeah, so like I personally like the cars loose at the back, quite loose at the back, and as much grip up front as I can, rather than pushing the nose, especially on like a slippery floor or slippy surface. Uh, and then obviously the big thing is, um, it's like you turn up for a race or whatever, you need the car to perform for ninety minutes, Aye. sixty minutes, twenty minutes, whatever it is. That's it, job done, weekend over. You know we do a show, maybe you're doing three shows a day. You don't really want to be breaking things, um, so you have to learn how to adapt your driving. It's funny because like we had a few drifters in amongst the fast guys, and traditionally drift guys don't necessarily make the best um, sort of stunt guys. And the reason for that is because they're quite hard in machinery, you know, lots of clutch kicks, and you know, like, yeah. So you have to adapt your you have to adapt your driving style to try and drive everything as smooth as possible. That's why I mentioned um, Sam earlier. Um, like Sam's, he's incredibly smooth, never puts a car under pressure, but can make it float like you wouldn't believe. Right, okay. And that's that's an art to learn. Um, but setup wise, yeah, you know, you're maybe additional cooling, um, as much camber in the rear, maybe to take out a bit of grip. Yeah, you um, said earlier, like 
changing the diff oil just yeah so that just was just something that obviously obviously with proper spin. show cars you, you're running the proper different things yeah. but we needed we, we we were just setting up these training cars uh, and yeah they would often one wheel one you know so you go around one way fine other way not so good yeah. um and one of our mechanics i think um uh, Mouli, I think it was actually came up later he, he does he's a lot of background in banger racing um stock cars but like v8 stock cars and stuff you mm. know nice stuff and it was his, I'm not sure it was his idea. He was like, well, we'll try ATF fluid. Now you couldn't, you could put that in your car on the road, but the problem is it's not heavy enough. It hasn't got a body enough to protect the diff. So to, uh, yeah, if you do a thousand mile, the diff's going to blow itself to bits. You know what I mean? But for what we were doing, you know, it was, it was that, yeah. yeah. It's a perfect it's, example, yeah. It, it's a lighter oil and it, may, it makes the, the diff can lock up better. So it done our job perfect, but yeah. all these wee things, and that's what I'm saying, people should, you know, people should experiment a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just yeah. need to find out what works. But yeah, the answer to the question is, yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a difference in yeah. setup. And then obviously, you know, you want your hydraulic handbrake and whatever else, you know, brake bass valve perhaps. Cool. Well, Thanks very much for coming on. No, thank Thanks you ever so much for having me. It's been, it's, been, it's been good crack. Sorry, I was a touch late again, but oh, yeah, right. it was. Uh, yeah. Tom likes when people are late. Yeah, <laughs> I'm usually late. <laughs> I, I, am, I am fairly usually late. Like, um, to be no, fair. I was very much appreciated. No, no, it was good. It was very interesting. Well, yeah. you know, like oh, we could have went easy and went down there for another yeah. two hours. I, 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 I think it's a waffle all, and then you get me going. Two and a half, absolutely. You know, ours is a good length one. So here, very much appreciated, and we'll go outside here. You can do some donuts. My M3. Is it warm? Well, I, my, my, see, my, my, my son, Connor, he's only three, right? And like literally the whole time my wife has to borrow my car and he literally, see, see if she revs it above two grand, he's like, ah, oil, mum. <laughs> he, 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 knows, he, knows, he knows what oil temperature gauge is and he knows where it's supposed to sit, you know what I mean? Well, so yeah. I, I, always, I always tell him, you keep an eye on that. Or you get Maybe you can teach it. Adam a thing or two. Does yours, oh, oh, he's brutal. Brutal. <laughs> does, yours, uh, does yours still do burnouts? And, uh, no, I don't do any of that. I, I've, I've, I've literally have done a donut in that car once. Mine doesn't do donuts or you. burnouts anymore and I want to know why. Like it just loses It's probably just went, I've had enough of this <laughs> crap. That's what it's, it's just like, no, stop it. Yeah. Just for the love of God. It's trying to tell you, like, yeah. leave me alone. Yeah. You'll well, go in the BM, plug in the computer, and they'll be like, this guy, just take his car off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually going to ring the customer service. Excuse me. The car is like, these days, any oh, excuse, yeah, you know? Yeah, they'll be like, nah, just yeah. take it off. I'm like, that's like, I, I, have you ever driven one of them up? Yes, I actually have, yeah. Oh, I've uh, driven a few Ryan's of them in the green one in France. Mm, I, I've driven a few. I feel like they're a wee bit hard. To, like, oh, depends, depends on your map. I've, dri I've driven a few Litchfield cars, and I'm not kidding. Well, I haven't. Know. I didn't properly. I'm sure you drove a I, lot better than I did. Well, no, I, I, on the road, like not, not, yeah. not necessarily in a, in a um, closed like, road, but on, on a road. But uh, it's not even extra go. They drive better. They actually drive oh, better. Oh, really? Yeah. The gear well, change is smoother. The, there's more torque low down. They're, they're lovely. Like, I, mine's completely standard. I'm... I'm Partly reason I, I want to keep my warranties for well, a new car, you well, know. One of the things I always thought about the M3 is the way they've been tuned for like a road car is yeah. like if you don't have traction on that thing, is yeah. you know, well, let, let's feel it once again. You like, no, but I, like <laughs> I, a friend of mine has his all done and he can control the torque and everything in every gear from the okay. cruise control switch. So basically, he Jesus. like he can, and he's a real anorak, so he loves us. I watched him spend three and a half hours mapping uh, Robin, the three Robin one time. <laughs> For Jeremy, and that's another story. But yeah, you can control everything. He can control his torque in every single gear, you know, and he's it all set up, you know. Uh, and I'm not kidding you. Like his car's got a, a mid pipe and everything. Um, the pre cap goes out of it, so it's a wee bit done to his. But I've just driven a few of them that are um, just mapped, and like mm. the difference. It's not necessarily an overall performance, but they're Thoughts so much nicer to drive. Like oh, just torque low down, and you know they're just nicer. They're, they're snappy at the lower end, like they're solid mounted rear subframe too. You see, so uh, like, like you get I, I, I fear you that in years to come we could have an E46 scenario on our case again, where they're ripping the ripping the floor plan out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I I I see. I when I had my CSL. 
I used to be terrified. Every time there was a clunk, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and and my, my carbs was 20 or 30 miles one, you know what I mean? I was like, a, I was like flipping heck, you know. Uh, I, I got to the point where I didn't like driving the car for that purpose. It was like, I wish to God I bought one with 100 on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there we go. Look here, thanks very much. No, thanks for having me. It's, and, been, it's uh, been great fun. We'll call it there, so uh, let's go do some donuts. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope I didn't offend anyone. No, listen, that's weird. <laughs> I hope you did. <laughs>